Salutations. Welcome to Podmortem. I'm Renee Hunter-Vasquez, joined as always by my co-host, my husband, and my brother. Hi, I'm John Paul Vasquez. Hi, I'm Travis Hunter. This week, we're recording live from 284 Green Street, discussing the 2016 supernatural horror sequel, The Conjuring 2. This film was directed by James Wan and written by Chad and Carrie Hayes. Expanding on the Ed and Lorraine Warren story established in the original Conjuring, The Conjuring 2 introduces new characters and focuses on the notorious Enfield haunting. With James Wan back at the helm, the film returns the franchise to the quality and level of horror from the first film. As always, The Conjuring series was recommended to us by friends of the show Kent and Allison. Please go follow their dog and our four-legged friend at super underscore mutant underscore alien underscore baby on Instagram. Thank you as always, guys. So, what did you guys think about The Conjuring 2 the first time you saw it? I don't exactly remember watching it the first time, but I do know that I like it. And I, we've seen it quite a bit of times. <laughs> this year has just been really long. No, and it seems it very confusing. But I like it. I, I do remember that we've seen this. We've seen this quite a few times. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoy this movie. Yeah. I even said on the first Conjuring when we covered it mm -hmm. that I think I like this one a little bit better than the first one. Oh, wow. Hmm. This film really just demonstrates how important James Wan is to this yes. universe mm -hmm. and this franchise because him returning just takes it to an entirely different level than if he would have just sat it out or just stayed on as a producer like was originally planned. But there is one scene in particular in this film I went to see it at the theater for a second time just to enjoy this scene again. I'm pretty sure I know exactly what scene I you're talking about. Pretty and sure it's too. my favorite part of the whole movie. Right. But yeah, this movie is still great. I mean, yeah. it's like after watching the first Conjuring and then watching Annabelle and then watching this, <laughs> you can absolutely tell no, yeah. the difference. Yeah. Big difference. Big difference. <laughs> But it's just great. The infield haunting itself is really interesting to research. I think at the table we have some conflicting uh, feelings or theories. I would agree. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting because I had read that actually with the real infield haunting, Ed and Lorraine Warren showed up uninvited and yeah. stayed for one day and then went home. <laughs> And Dr. Maurice Gross, who kind of takes a backseat in the film, was mm -hmm. really the one that did everything <laughs> yeah. in real life. He was the main guy yeah. that was on the ground like first. <laughs> yeah. And so, he stayed throughout the entire thing. And so then... this movie never happened? No. <laughs> <laughs> Not so as shown. Right. Oh, man. This isn't a documentary? The thing right? that's, that's insane to me is that knowing that and making this the second Conjuring film... <laughs> is very interesting. Yeah. It's maybe I'm being dramatic, but almost insulting because you teased us Amityville and oh, they were no. actually oh, yeah. involved yeah. with Amityville. Mm -hmm. But then you kind of pull the rug out from under us and give us a, a case that they didn't really yeah. do anything. Yeah. And I loved Amityville. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's two things I have to that. One, I wonder what cases Warner Brothers has the rights to. Good point. That's number one. Good but point. number two... And this blew my mind. There's a guy named Guy Playfair. Mm -hmm. And by all accounts, all the sources I've looked into, he was basically Maurice Gross's like, right-hand man during okay. this entire thing. Investigated Infield for two years with him. Not in the film at all. <laughs> and he was interviewed on Darkness Radio. And he had said that the Warrens basically investigated nothing during yeah. this time. <laughs> and he says, though... 
Well, he says he says Lorraine was a nice person. He <laughs> that's not up for debate. Specifically, but, Lorraine. But he said that Ed pulled him aside while they were working together and said, "I'm going to make you a lot of money." <sighs> and I wonder if him speaking out about the Warrens so much cut him out of the film. Damn. That's I mean, crazy. that makes sense. Yeah. Because you can't really have them. Okay, Ed, what do you think? Yeah. Lorraine on as a consultant. <laughs> like, fuck that guy. Wow. Named guy. That's that's crazy, <laughs> man. So, I mean, you know, it, that's why it's just so weird for me for them to have chosen this case. Yes. Because it's so contentious around their involvement in particular. But I love James Wan's version of the Warrens a lot. Yeah. <laughs> makes for a hell of a movie. Yeah. Now, before we send this film back to hell, we would like to issue a warning for spoilers. Podmortem is a very in-depth podcast, and in thoroughly discussing horror films, we have no choice but to spoil a thing or two. If you don't wish to be spoiled, please go watch the film, then come back and enjoy the show. If you've already seen the film or don't care about spoilers, then let's conjure it up. Now, obviously, this film relies heavily on having already seen The Conjuring. If you haven't, we'd advise you to go watch it or listen to episode 10 of our show as a refresher. So the film opens with us coming backwards through a window to see a room and a house. As it pans out, we see the two iconic windows as Lorraine Warren narrates. She tells us that after everything they've seen, there isn't much that rattles them, but this one still haunts them. We get a note, Amityville, New York, 1976. You know how iconic a house has to be that just seeing one of the windows, I was like, oh, shit. We're, we're I know in exactly Amityville. what this is. It's just incredible. No, I, I, I love it. No, it's, it's so good. If only they'd make a Conjuring film. About? Yeah. yeah. Like you oh, said. Oh, no, yeah. That's the dream. I would love that. I hope they're eventually working towards that. That would be great. And that James Wan is yes. going to yes. do it. Yes. Please. 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 <laughs> please. A personal plea. Yeah. James. Jimmy. All right. Jimmy. Listen. Baby. Listen. <laughs> She goes on to say, as we watch a camera being set up, that two months before they got involved, the Lutz family had fled their house in the middle of the night, claiming it to be haunted. So the church reached out to them for confirmation. We go downstairs to see Ed and Lorraine Warren, played by Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga, sitting around a table with several other people. Upon Lorraine's instruction, they begin to conduct a seance. Yeah, I guess. Mm -hmm. I... You know, also the other thing I wanted to say is when we see the guy setting up the camera, that's is that Drew? Drew. Yeah, I yeah. thought so. A interesting little cameo mm. for, I think his name's <laughs> Shannon Cook. Yeah, because we He's not, don't see him no. for the rest of the time. He's like, I'm not going to England. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, this is a seance. <laughs> to answer your question. The Lorraine narration continues to tell us the condensed version of the Amityville house history. A man named Ronnie DeFeo murdered his family, and it was on the Warrens to figure out if DeFeo committed the murders on his own or if under demonic influence, as he claimed in court. I go back and forth. He was just having a bad day. <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, a lot of people come up with a lot of excuses yeah. for things. It was demons. That's a new one. Yeah. It's interesting. I wonder if people made a lot of money off of that or something. I don't know. Nobody no way. Yeah. No way. Nah, 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 nah. The camera zooms way in on Lorraine's closed eyes. We hear a gunshot and then she opens them. As she walks away from the table, the camera tilts severely, like mm -hmm. letting us know Shit's this is popping. weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She turns around to see that her physical body is still sitting at the table next to Ed. Was I the only one that got very, very, very wicked Insidious vibes yeah. yeah. yes. from oh, this no, yeah. like, entire sequence? 100%. Yeah. The camera movements and the music's Joseph Bashara. Yeah. Yes, even using the term physical body. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You're like, mm. <laughs> this isn't that film, but it's damn close. It's very oh, close. And James Wan. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
What am I thinking? And Patrick Wilson. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm telling you. So we hear something whisper to her, stay here, stay. So Lorraine goes upstairs. And she doesn't follow the rules. <laughs> when she gets to the top, the door next to her creaks open loudly on its own. So you're like, okay, here Fuck. we go. Yeah. It reveals a man laying down in a bed and a woman sitting up in the bed. And the whispers continue, kill her, shoot her. Lorraine enters the room and we see that the man is bleeding from his side and laying in a pool of blood. Not how I sleep, but I mean, everybody's, <laughs> Different strokes. everybody's got their thing. The woman turns to Lorraine and abruptly asks, what did you do? So Lorraine mimes loading a gun and shooting her. I understand like walking a mile in someone's shoes. <laughs> I feel like this is taking it a step too far. Yeah, really takes it to it the was... next level. So immediately after that, the woman is lying down in the bed. We see family pictures as Lorraine continues to shoot. She goes down the hall, passing a mirror, and we see that her reflection is Ronnie DeFeo. So you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. It's starting to make sense. Yeah. But the cheerleading whispers continue. She enters the room and there's two sleeping children. She loads her gun again and shoots both of them. And like we were laughing, but like visually it's, <laughs> oh, it's yeah. cool. It's, it's very cool looking. Yeah. And especially when you see the shots of her and Ronnie together. Yes. Mm -hmm. Where they're both mimicking the same yeah. it's, movements. It's cool. It's really cool. And like effective. Because yeah. you're oh, like, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah. And it's funny because at the time when I was watching, I was like, why is this movie rated R? And I'm like, oh yeah, I guess murdering kids in their bed <laughs> <That'll>, <laughs> isn't really seen it. as, uh, you know, PG-13 fair. <laughs> So back at the table with Ed, real life Lorraine is breathing heavily and looking super upset. Spirit Lorraine, who I'm just going to call yeah. the Ronnie Lorraine hybrid yeah. situation. Yeah. She enters another bedroom and shoots a sleeping girl and we see her blood spray across the pillow. Mm -hmm. Again, visually striking. No, it does. Yeah. It looks cool. Do you remember the way the gunshots appeared in Insidious? Yes. It's, 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 the, yeah. same. it's the same so, thing. Yeah. yeah. Again, Again, effective. I loved it there yeah. and I love it here. I do want to say, though. No offense to this family, but I wish I slept this hard. <laughs> oh, shit, How the yeah. fuck are you How not waking up? How hear that? They sleep real hard. Mm, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> well, they're dead. I got nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like, so laugh about that. Yeah. Can't sleep harder than that. No. Um, <laughs> Lorraine gasps her spirit self and her real self and starts panicking. Ed asks if she's okay and what she's seeing, but Spirit Lorraine leaves the room and just sits down in the hall upstairs crying. The violins go nuts, mm -hmm. Bashara style. Gotta yeah. call out, man. Uh, of course. He is the dude, Joseph Bashara. Well, I mean, Jeff Bridges is the dude, but I mean. <laughs> but also <laughs> You Joseph know what I mean, Bashara. yeah. We see a little boy with all white eyes peeking around the corner at her. So mm -hmm. it's like, what? what is happening? <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if you guys have seen this photograph before, but this is a very, very famous photograph that mm -hmm. was taken at Amityville. It's literally exactly what you see, shot for shot. Oh, shit. But of course, it's just a boy that got a little bit of the flash in his eyes. Yeah. But Ed Warren's like, it's a <laughs> it's demon. A demon. <laughs> <laughs> But it's like a it's, ghost. exactly, it's he's not real. He's he's the neighbor's kid. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's Timmy. He yeah, right. fucking comes in for Oreos all the yeah, time. Right. But you're so hard on Edward. I know. You're like, <laughs> it's not <But> seriously. <laughs> and I feel bad about it, but I feel like he's given too much of a pass because of how good Patrick Wilson is. That's the problem. He's softened him. We don't love you. We love Patrick Wilson. Exactly. This little boy runs downstairs, and Lorraine, of course, follows him. Mm -hmm. She passes her physical self still sitting at the table and we hear Ed telling her like, all right, wrap it up. It's yeah. time to come back now. 
And when you think she might listen to him, a door opens and we see the little boy is standing in the doorway. Mm-hmm. And he laughs and runs. And Lorraine, of course, follows. So she goes down and goes through this creepy ass basement as the kid continues to run and continues to laugh, which I don't know what the hell he's so happy about. But He got his Oreos. (laughs) (laughs) Suddenly, all the kids that we just saw murdered moments ago are all standing together and looking at a covered mirror. Mm -hmm. Then they just disappear. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Lorraine uncovers the mirror and in the reflection, the now notorious nun played by Bonnie Aarons steps out from behind her in her reflection. It's become such an iconic character to the franchise, obviously because of the spinoff as well. Yeah, She genuinely frightening. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. (laughs) Undeniably so. What's funny is all the scenes with the nun in them in this movie were reshoots because it was just your standard demon before. Mm -hmm. That's just nuts to me. (laughs) Standard demon. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) like close your eyes, (laughs) imagine a demon. Picture a demon, it was that. But James Wan thought it would be interesting to introduce kind of like this religious character that is an actual test of faith for Lorraine instead of just your run of the mill demon, which I thought was really interesting. I think it's very interesting. Hmm. There is something that comes up later that's a little clunky we'll talk about, <laughs> but it's it goes hand in hand with that. All right. But Lorraine turns around and looks behind her and the nun is not there. She does this a couple times, which I kind of feel is like a James Wan. It's like a signature that he does yeah. where is it? No. Is, is it? it? No. Mm-hmm. Is it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um But this happens and the nun is suddenly out of the mirror and grabs Lorraine by her throat. She chokes Lorraine until we see that it's Lorraine's own hands and nobody else is there. How embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Not cool. I'm not going to tell anyone about this. I fucking hate you, bitch. Oh, shit. I'm choking myself. (laughs) No, that's me. I got some stuff I need to work through. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. It me. (laughs) After she regains composure, she sees a stack of furniture. It's like a stack of chairs. Oh, I mean, I guess they did just move in. Right. All right. The Lutzes. Yeah, but they're just they dog. were yeah. haphazard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna hurt someone. You've never closed a restaurant and it shows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the furniture falls away and it reveals a man standing in the shadows. His neck like snaps back mm-hmm. and Lorraine screams. Real life Lorraine is screaming too, and she finally comes back and tells Ed, "That's as close to hell as I ever want to get." That's actually a direct quote from Lorraine Warren wow. that she said about the Amityville house in a newspaper. I just saw like a news clip from it. I, I don't know what newspaper it was, but mm-hmm. what like kind of bugs me about the movie is that, like you said, that's a quote from the real Lorraine from mm-hmm. the Amityville house. Right. The nun has nothing to do with the no. Amityville house. Yeah. It's like an ominous little warning for something else. Yeah. yeah. So that bugs me a little bit yeah. i'm just showing up here <laughs> yeah why are you here yeah it's a special guest star the yeah, it's a guest appearance right? <laughs> yeah so they freeze and turn to black and white as a yellow text crawl tells us that their investigation into the amityville house put them in the public eye but during the same time a comparable haunting was happening in enfield england it tells us based on a true story mm-hmm. and then we get the title card over a male choir singing the conjuring two so just as with the first one, I do love that opening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I got to say, based on a true story, I got to cue that San Andreas <laughs> meme. Ah, <laughs> oh, shit. Here we go again. 
But the their their little adventures that they go on. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're kind of not everything's true, right? It's just I well, don't ask me. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, I mean, no. like from yeah. what people say, right? It's like. Uh, people meaning the Warrens, yes. <laughs> well, besides them. What does Patrick Wilson say? Yeah, that's all I care about, yeah. So, London calling by the Clash plays as we see various shots of England. We finally stop at a school and kids are running around everywhere. We see two young girls, Janet, played by Madison Wolf, and her friend Camilla. Camilla is smoking and telling Janet about her plans to sneak out later that night. She hands Janet her cigarette so she can take a spirit board that they made out of her backpack, which, like, we're just going to gloss over that. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Janet's holding the cigarette for her. And, of course, just then, a teacher comes around the corner and busts Janet with it. That's just bad timing, It it is. You're trying to help your homie out. Because, like, that is, like, the oldest line in the book. Oh, she's holding it for a friend. But, like, no, she's literally, literally, yeah. yeah. And... Camilla was hot boxing it anyway, so it's probably best <laughs> no that business Janet was holding it. <laughs> well, they get sent inside, and then the teacher takes a drag off the cigarette before following them. The teacher rules. Yeah. <laughs> That's She's awesome. like, these goddamn yeah. kids. If I had to put up, I'd probably pick up smoking, yeah. too. Before we move on, though, I just want to say that them playing London Calling, there's on the nose. <laughs> I think this is the nose. <laughs> it's a little much. Fair point. Yeah. I said, yeah, to my own fair point. (laughs) Yeah, it is. That's why I made it. (laughs) So later on, school lets out, and Janet and her little brother, Billy, played by Benjamin High, catch up to their siblings, Margaret, played by Maureen Esposito, and Johnny, played by Patrick McCauley. A group of boys start to make fun of Billy for his stuttering, but Janet, you know, kind of bosses up and Mm -hmm. defends him. Mm -hmm. I think there was some your mama jokes in there. Uh, (laughs) It was pretty tough. She defends her brother. So they walk home and we get a subtitle that says Hodgson Residence, Enfield, England, 1977. The song playing is Bus Stop by the Hollies. And it's, I'm I'm assuming because they couldn't afford the Beatles. The Beatles, <laughs> like, I had the exact same thought. And then I kind of went down a rabbit hole and there was apparently some beef between them and the Beatles. But The Hollies? Yeah. Oh, so now James Wan's picking sides. <laughs> <laughs> Paul McCartney's pissed. They're cheaper, Paul. I'm yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. As we discussed on The Craft. Yes. <laughs> Inside, their mom, Peggy, played by Frances O'Connor, is having a heated discussion on the phone about not being able to pay her rent and her child support not being paid in months. So right off the bat, we're kind of establishing they're yeah. setting some stuff, some issues. Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> the kids come in and Peggy hangs up to immediately jump Janet's ass for getting caught smoking at school as she herself is smoking. But, you know, yeah. she takes the biggest puff after <laughs> she said that it's. A lot. <laughs> Janet says she wasn't smoking, and Peggy calls her a liar. The whole time Billy has been looking for cookies that Peggy said that she would buy him, Peggy finally snaps and says she didn't get them because she didn't have any money. Now, I got to be honest. The yeah. acting here, a bit much. Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have any bloody money. I think I think the problem here is the it's the acting <laughs> is number one. But number, <laughs> number two, and it's kind of the, the really only problem that I have with this movie is the screenplay is not great in a lot of points because I just, I don't know, I picture them sitting there and they're like, what's the best way to get across that this family's poor? How about the mother screams, we don't have any bloody money! Yeah, that was Like, a, it's, it's a lot. Do you think everyone will get that? I mean, I got is it. Is that too subtle? I got it from the phone call. Yeah, no yeah. Right. You know? And again, this movie's like two hours and 14 minutes, so you can trim a little bit there. 
yeah. instead of her yelling you know, about cookies, no, doubling yeah. down on the cookies, biscuits, biscuits, yeah. biscuits, biscuits. So later that night, Billy is in this little tent that's set up in the hallway upstairs, and Peggy comes and brings him his biscuits, mm-hmm. uh, saying that she's been meaning to quit smoking anyway, which I guess is pretty sweet, but. When did she get those? But anyway, no. <laughs> um, we follow Margaret and it's I think you pointed out and maybe insidious how James Wan takes us through houses to see mm-hmm. the layout. Yes. And we get this with Margaret going and right. getting her stuff to get ready for bed. She finally goes to the room that she shares with Janet and Janet is just sitting on her bed playing with that spirit board like it's nothing. Yeah, don't don't do that. <laughs> Stop. Step one. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but she tells Margaret that it works because her and Camilla have already played with it and asked a whole bunch of stuff. So Margaret sits and they ask a series of questions. Is there anyone who wants to communicate? Is dad ever coming home? Ouch. Again, a little. Yeah. A bit, yeah. Uh, the a the lot. screenwriting, again, is a little heavy handed <laughs> with these. I, um, I agree. Because that, at that point, I was like, great. We just we heard the it. phone call. We, get yeah. it. we don't need this again. No, because just said child support. Yeah. Again, leave some <laughs> yeah. things out. Or just don't double down yeah. on them. But I, I do want to say, along with that tracking shot mm-hmm. being incredible, yeah. the set design yes. is yeah. on point. Because if you've ever seen pictures of the infield house, they recreated they it like hard. to a T. Yeah. Oh, yeah? It's incredible. And the Hodgsons actually visited the set in the featurette on the Blu-ray, and they were blown away. And they were like, this takes me right back to my childhood. I don't which know is, if I would yeah, like I that. No, I don't <laughs> know either. Thank you for bringing up the worst time yeah, of my life. I appreciate it, James. <laughs> They ask again if anyone is there to answer them, and there's no answer for any of these questions. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not talking on that janky ass yeah, board either. Right? <laughs> Buy a real work. one. Yeah, wood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like it's got like pencil erasers yeah. on yeah. it. I don't know. It's like paper. They're making do. <laughs> <laughs> They're poor. <laughs> right. Get it? <laughs> Margaret says it's just a game, but Janet looks sad as she puts the spirit board back underneath her bed. The other thing, though, about the board is that she tells Margaret that her and Camilla made it. Yeah. So we can lose the portion at the start where Camilla gives it to her because it says we made this. Again, they keep doubling up on things. I didn't even catch that. It's like we know that already. We're paying attention. Yeah. In the span of five minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Later on, the house is completely silent except for the ticking clock. Everyone is asleep. We get a shot of the girls in her beds, and I notice that it is very akin to the shot of the DeFeo girls before their shot. Mm. It looks oh. almost identical. I didn't but catch that. Janet is tossing and turning in her bed. We zoom in on her until we hear like a rumbling sound. Mm-hmm. And when we zoom back out, she's on the floor downstairs, and she wakes yeah. up confused. Sounds like Nightmare on Elm Street shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Back upstairs, the doorknob on the door to the girl's room is rattling and there's just banging on the door. Margaret wakes up, which I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's not a DeFeo. No. <laughs> uh, she sees that Janet is gone and the pounding just continues. Margaret opens the door and no one's there. Janet comes around the corner, but she denies banging on the door. Margaret doesn't believe her, but they they go to bed. Yeah, <laughs> like, without, okay. without incident. All right, well, we'll talk I, about it in the morning. I'd be terrified. Yeah, oh, just, oh, just no. go to bed. And we were just no. fucking with the Ouija yeah. board. No, no, no man, no. Put two and two together, kids. No, yeah, no, no. That morning, Peggy is doing laundry with her friend, also named Peggy, played by Maria Doyle Kennedy. She's telling her about how it's not even Janet smoking that's so bad. It's the fact that she doesn't listen to her at all anymore. Janet misses her dad, but he doesn't come around. 
What? We didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. So Peggy is drowning trying to be both parents. So she starts the water for her washer and water just shoots everywhere. Again, they, they're having money problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will say, though, one, Peggy's accent is so cool. Yes. That's, no, it's great. That's number one. Number two, I don't feel like their house is bad. Not at all. Yeah. I, not at all. It doesn't. I mean, I don't know. Maybe... <laughs> Maybe being poor in America is different <laughs> mean than poor being in poor in 1970s Britain, but yeah. I would gladly take the infield house with with the ghosts. <laughs> you guys can stay. Yeah, shit. I don't, I don't even care. Mm-hmm. Right? What kind of chips you like? <laughs> you like biscuits? Yeah, right. Oh, crisps. Crisps. Yeah, crisps. Crisps. Later on, on a TV, the Becky Rivers show is playing with special guests, Ed and Lorraine Warren. They're there to discuss their experiences in the Amityville house. The other guest, Dr. Stephen Kaplan, thinks it's all bullshit. That might have been you in a costume. (laughs) All right. I got to share with you guys. I was featured in. (laughs) I go by an alien. Yeah. He asserts that the Lutz family made everything up to profit off of the publicity of the story, and Ed is pissed because that is not true. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll obviously get into this more when we get to discussing Amityville, the movie. Right. Uh-huh. Um, oh, I can't wait for that. Oh, yeah. no, I know. But I feel bad. Skeptics in these movies are always shown to be the assholes. Yeah. yeah. But they're... Asking questions. I don't see how asking no, questions. No, you just believe it. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. Just I am shut up Warren. and believe it. He was a little rude, but. Well, but they made him rude. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they made the Warrens really cool. That's the yeah. other thing. Yeah. The Warrens are so great in this, you know, you can't help but believe them, even if you don't. Yeah. <laughs> but Ed says that that's easy to say from the outside because of something else when you're actually there. So Dr. Kaplan says that Ed Warren has never been to a house that he didn't think was haunted. And then he attacks Lorraine's authenticity, which I think is really what pisses Ed off. Well, yeah. Ed starts talking shit, and when Dr. Kaplan tells him to be careful, he goes, what are you going to do about it? And the audience (laughs) is like, ooh. Uh, Turns into Jerry Springer real quick. (laughs) Throws a chair. Yeah. (laughs) After the taping, Ed is still pissed. They went on that show to educate people, and this is what happened. So Lorraine just tries to calm him down, and he says he'll try promising to take deep breaths and count to ten. But... I feel like this is kind of showing that the Warrens are rising stars, yeah, basically, uh-huh. and that they have to deal oh, with yeah. people like this, which I do really was an asshole. <laughs> he was going in on him with some facts, but <laughs> the, the thing is that I really appreciate about this is that James Wan and the screenwriters aren't shying away from Introducing the other some, side yeah. of right, their reputation. Right. Even with Lorraine Warren as a consultant, they're like, well, no, you guys have been criticized a lot. <laughs> People have yeah. said things. Yeah. So, and I like that a lot. People are talking. <laughs> Back at the Hodgson house, Billy and Janet are lying on the floor playing with Billy's like wind up toy. I found out they're called zoetropes, which is the coolest. Much cooler than wind up toy. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just a smaller version of what uh, dude was in. Yes. And- Dr. Yeah. Vanneken, yeah. yeah. House in Haunted Hill. Oh, man. No <laughs> thanks. Yeah. Episode 34. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they wind it up and it says the crooked man. The toy begins to spin and inside we see a man skipping with an umbrella. They begin to sing the Crooked Man song, and when Billy stutters, Janet tells him it's okay, they can just start over. This is so sweet. It really is. Like, like he's it's very sweet for both of them, Billy yeah. and Janet. It is, but that toy, I'm I know. <laughs> no. Where the hell did you get yeah, this? No, hell. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> Peggy watches them from the hallway and they try it again and Billy makes it all the way through. 
she finally comes in and applauds them and Janet rewards him with a biscuit. It's like a dog. Yeah. <laughs> His whole character arc treat. is biscuits. Man, yeah. I, I feel I feel bad for that other brother though because this kid gets a stutter and biscuits and he's just like I'm their brother. <laughs> I also live here. Yes. My last name is Hodgson. Right. <laughs> Peggy puts up the toy and puts the children in bed. She warns Billy against eating too many of those biscuits or he's going to wake up thirsty in the middle of the night, but he says he won't. How much was she smoking? Because this house is raining biscuits now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. How much are those cigarettes? Jeez. Damn. Yeah. That's yeah. an even better question. Biscuits are like five cents. Yeah. She's like, can't do it. I, yeah. Can't mm-hmm. do it. But he says he won't wake up thirsty. Later, he wakes up thirsty. Yeah. So he goes downstairs to get some water. Outside, we see that there's fog everywhere, which in a James Wan movie means some shit's about to go down. (laughs) Billy's looking out the window as he drinks his water, and he sees that one of the swings on their swing set starts moving back Mm -hmm. and forth. Upstairs, Janet is like in the throes of a nightmare. Her panting and tossing back and forth wakes up Margaret, who tries to wake her up. Janet eventually quiets down, and Margaret lays back down in her bed to go back to sleep. Suddenly... And in an unnaturally deep voice, Janet yells, this is my house. And she's suddenly sitting straight up in her bed. There's a point also <laughs> where the voices overlap. Margaret does not care. No. Yeah. <laughs> Janet, stop. Yeah. This isn't a dream. No. no. This is really happening. Yes. Go back to bed. <laughs> That's just her only defense. Uh, no. Just get, let's get some sleep. <laughs> There's no way. Everything's no. going to be better in the morning. In her regular voice, Janet says, it's not. Like, it's not your house. Go away. When she asks what he's doing here, the voice replies, playing a game with Billy, which that's not true. No. (laughs) Are you on the swing set? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She asks the voice to leave Billy alone, to which he replies that she is trespassing. And when she threatens to tell her mom, he says he'll break her mom's neck, which is rude. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just rude. (laughs) Well, that's impolite. It's like, wow, dude. (laughs) Janet breaks down and sobs, and Margaret, still somehow convinced that Janet is dreaming, lays her back down and covers her up so she can go back to sleep. She goes back to her own bed, and just when she settles in, Janet is right next to the bed, Mm -hmm. yelling to stay away from them and leave them alone. Margaret, again, would she, man, I'd be fucking no, gone. Yeah. Mom, I'm you come mom. handle this. <laughs> yeah, 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 no. It's above my pay grade. Right, you sleep in there. I'm <laughs> yeah. not. Absolutely not. But she tries again to reassure her. But behind her, Margaret hears a whisper, this is my house. She turns to the shadowy corner, but when she turns on her lamp, there's nothing there. Then Janet just gets back in bed like nothing ever happened. As she turns, before she turns on her lamp, you see like kind of the outline of a face. That see, I, I couldn't no. tell if yeah, I was but, seeing that or not. But the thing was is that it was a poster. Yeah. That I was like, oh my God, I was like, that <laughs> yeah. looks fucking scary. I was like, but I'm about to myself. Yeah, and then she turned on the light and I was like, I would tear that son of a bitch <laughs> yeah. off the wall. There, I'm not leaving that well, there. She's like, oh, it's just a teen idol that looks like a grown ass man. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> Good night. It's fine. Margaret starts to turn her lamp back off, but kind of thinks better of it and leaves it on. Billy, his thirst finally quenched, (laughs) and hearing none of this that's going on upstairs, makes his way... (laughs) How dry are those biscuits? (laughs) He makes his way to the stairs to go back to bed. As he passes the chair in the living room, we see someone sitting and rocking in it. Mm -hmm. Billy does not notice. (laughs) When he gets to the second floor, he trips over a little like fire truck toy, Mm -hmm. causing the siren on it to go off. But he turns the toy off and kicks it back into the tent. 
As he gets into his bed, the siren chirps and then stops again. We go back and forth, like we said earlier, Mm -hmm. with him looking into the hall and then getting into his bed only to turn back and look into the hall again. The scene just has such incredible tension. Yes. It's just... I'm so glad James Wan he, came man, back. He knows, that's all. He knows oh, how to yeah. build you know? the tension. And it's just a fire truck. Yeah. yeah. That's it. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. But it's horrifying. No, yeah. <laughs> you know something's coming. You just don't yeah. know when. Yeah. But we get this lingering shot on the hallway until Billy gets into his bed. There's, like you said, this moment of tension before, of course, the fire truck comes rolling into the room. It stops in the doorway with its siren blaring. Billy gets up and turns it off. And again... Heavy as fuck sleepers in this house. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. that was that was a loud. It's yeah. loud as fuck. Hell yeah! Was... And Janet was full on screaming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the next room. Billy, though, a fucking beast. Because I'm a lot older than Billy, and I wouldn't have. Um, no, but he goes back over to the tent and pushes the truck back in. Nope. He's like, I said, <laughs> I would have broke that truck. Nah. <laughs> Chuck's evil. Yeah, nope. Get a new one. The truck comes back out at him, followed by a man's loud and startling yell. And it scared the shit out of me. This finally prompts Billy to go and wake his mother, telling her that there's someone in his tent. Man, I'd have been... (laughs) I'm a wimp. Like you said earlier, how did she sleep through the first one? Peggy heard none of this. (laughs) Yeah, She's like, what's wrong, Billy? This is all new to me. I didn't... (laughs) Please take it to the top. I didn't hear a word, yeah. (laughs) She gets up to investigate and she opens the tent and of course it's empty. She tells Billy that he just had a bad dream and he agrees. I'd be like, no, mom, I fucking saw that. All right. I, I, I no. am awake. He's like, shit, maybe. <laughs> well, she's got him well trained with these biscuits. Yeah. <laughs> you just had a dream. She's like, yes, ma'am. Yeah. And where's my biscuit? Right, biscuit. <laughs> but suddenly they hear sounds coming from downstairs. Peggy sends Billy to his room and then goes to investigate. I'm glad he listens, but he literally huffs and puffs on his way to his room (laughs) (laughs) as he runs. Well, damn, he's scared. We hear creaking. And as she reaches the bottom of the stairs, we see that the chair in the living room that we saw somebody in a minute ago is rocking. She turns on the light to reveal Janet asleep, rocking back and forth in the chair. She wakes up Janet, who says she must have been sleepwalking again. And her mom is like, again? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Why is anybody sharing anything in this house? <laughs> because you slept through it, mom. Yeah. <laughs> she feels her forehead and realizes that she has a fever. She takes Janet back upstairs. But even as they leave, the chair continues mm-hmm. to rock. Not a good sign. No. Oh. We get this really great transition as the camera goes to the window and it starts pouring rain and suddenly now it's the morning. It looks Mm -hmm. really, really cool. I love it so much. Yeah. It was actually done in one take from her taking Janet upstairs. On the featurette, the actress said that she literally went upstairs, ran through on her robe and ran around the camera to sit down on the couch (sighs) and they just turned up the lights on the outside. That's really, really cool. It's very well done. James Wan, man. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's no need to do this in a transition like this. No, No. but it's it's fantastic. It's appreciated. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You didn't have to do that, but he did it for us. The other thing (laughs) is that it keeps the tension because there hasn't been a cut yet. No, that's that's a good point. But like you said, Janet is now sitting on the couch watching TV. The channels start changing on their own. And when Janet uses her big ass remote to change them back, <laughs> it happens again. I love that remote. It's so cool. <laughs> when she goes to change it back, the remote is just gone. Peggy calls to check on her. But as Janet is talking on the phone, she realizes that the remote is sitting in that chair. <laughs> the whole time she was on the phone, I'm like, tell her about the remote. <laughs> 
<laughs> God damn it, Janet. Tell her what just happened. She snatches the remote back, and when she gets off the phone and settles back into the couch, she eyes the chair suspiciously. Thunder sounds, and the TV goes out completely. Janet adjusts the rabbit ears and smacks the TV until the static stops, and it just completely turns off. In the reflection of the screen, she sees a man sitting in that chair. When she turns around, the man is gone, but the remote falls to the floor like somebody dropped it. That's beyond... (laughs) What do you do? I mean, before you're like, hey, maybe I misplaced it. I am sick. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe. that's, it was floating. Yeah, maybe find an adult or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just had your mom on the phone. Yeah, you missed right. your chance. Right. <laughs> Damn it, Janet. Right. Damn it, Janet. <laughs> right. You should have said something a minute ago. <laughs> she stares at the remote terrified, and then the man appears behind her. The old man is played by Bob Adrian, and we'll learn more about him later, but he screams, my house, before disappearing again. The interesting thing about this old man is that the voice is provided by another actor. Yeah. And I saw on the featurette, whenever his voice happens, like in these scenes, the dude's literally behind the couch with a microphone. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of cool that they didn't just like pipe yeah. it in yes. later. I Again, love it. So they're like, you look scary enough, but you don't sound yeah. scary enough. Janet falls to the ground, and then the TV turns back to what she had been watching. <laughs> And she screams. Now watch your bullshit. (laughs) I just wanted to make a point. Yeah. I can do this whenever I want. (laughs) At the Warren home, Lorraine wakes up to find Ed's side of the bed empty. She gets up and finds him painting, which like he's rubbing a dry brush on (laughs) on a painting that's already done. It was, yeah, (laughs) pre-painted. But he says that he couldn't sleep. And when he woke up, he couldn't get something out of his head. So he decided to paint it. Lorraine comes around to look and sees a painting of that nun that she saw in the basement of the Amityville house. Now, a couple things. Yeah, there's several <laughs> things here. In your line of business, if you woke up seeing that in your head, wouldn't you be like, uh, Lorraine, <laughs> yeah. wake up real quick? The worst thing to me, again, it comes back to the screenplay because Ed Warren <laughs> says, I saw this thing. It's like, you're a demonologist. You don't know what a fucking nun is. <laughs> Right? Is this a dinosaur, honey? Yeah. What, I mean, what did I well, paint? wait, because no maybe idea. maybe originally it was a painting of a demon, oh, and it was the oh, thing that you yeah. saw. Right. But like y'all should have went back and fixed exactly. That. Pipe it in. I yeah. saw this none. None. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they do it in a lot of movies. Yeah, they do it later in this yeah. film. <laughs> but Lorraine just leaves the room without saying a word. And you know, if you're Ed, wouldn't you be like, "Oh fuck, what is it?" I think that's my problem is because. They have an open relationship. Well, well wait, <laughs> sorry, hold on. Not not an open relationship like that, but they're they're open with each other. That's been established. Yeah, I apologize <laughs> for what I said earlier, but they're very open with each other to where right. they would know. tell each other yeah. everything. Right, right, right. And she's keeping secrets. She's keeping secrets, and he's not even reading the room. No, like, so it's just odd. It's like she's fine. <laughs> Needs her coffee is what it is. I know Lorraine. Ed follows her into the kitchen and she says that they can still do the lectures, but they need to stop taking on new cases, at least for a while. Ed asks why. (laughs) Should I be like, does this have anything to do with that fucking weird ass painting I just made? Should I have not shown you the painting? (laughs) (laughs) Lorraine asks if he trusts her, to which he says, of course. She says then he needs to trust her now. Vague. Yeah, which you're right. That is weird. It kind of betrays the Warrens that they set up in the first film. Well, not really, because in the first film, she didn't share with him either what she saw that had fucked her up so bad. So we're just setting her up as a liar. Maybe 
<laughs> Maybe there's a level of fucked up where she's like, this is just for me. So <laughs> I the, can't the, share this with anybody. The real Lorraine Warren's like, oh, no, I lied to him all the time. <laughs> put the, put that in right. there. He was open with me. Yeah. Not me. It was not yeah. a two-way street. Clear. It was a one-way street. Back at the Hodgson home, Janet is tying a rope around her wrist on one end and to the bed on the other end in case she tries to go sleepwalking again. Margaret scoffs at her and just puts on her headphones. <laughs> Well, she's like, I'm not dealing with this shit tonight. That's not a bad idea, though. She can't go anywhere if she's tied to the bed. Oh, no, it's a great idea. It's just I wish her sister was more interested. She's like, whatever. (laughs) Rolls over. Janet then settles into her own bed. But the next thing we see is Janet thudding to the floor. She's still connected to her bed by the rope. There's a banging on the bedroom door and Margaret, who is sleeping with headphones on, which they have to be the best headphones in the world because she doesn't hear anything. Janet unties herself and goes to the door. She opens it, and of course, nobody's there. Mm-hmm. She calls out for her mom. Nobody answers. <laughs> Peggy's like, I'm going to fucking sleep. What part about that did you not? <laughs> <laughs> when the light doesn't work, she grabs a flashlight and makes her way downstairs. And when the chair is in sight, it starts quickly rocking back and forth. So I just want to say something very quick. Again, a credit to James Wan, the filmmaker, Mm -hmm. because he's put all these tiny scares leading up to these moments because as she walks through the hall, we're already afraid of the tent as she walks past it. Oh, you're right. Yeah. We're afraid of the chair. It makes us scared of everything. (laughs) Everything. Even when she fell on the floor in her room, something already happened in her room. So we're already afraid of the room. So it's just this really smart thing that it's like, Janet's not safe. No. And they very, very well established this. That's a really good point. Seeing the chair, though, Janet runs upstairs and kind of, you know how you stick a chair underneath the doorknob so you can't open it? We kind of jam it in there or something. (laughs) That's called something. Stair hole. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, But she jumps back into bed and when she turns around, the chair is right next to her bed. Mm Mm-hmm. And the door is completely open again. She shines her light in the doorway and we hear footsteps coming closer and closer. Understandably, Janet hides under her covers. Uh, yeah. From our point of view, we're getting closer and closer walking toward her. She's terrified and shaking under her sheets. We get closer and closer until we hear a man scream and the blankets are ripped off of her. She screams and flails around. Finally, Margaret wakes up. <laughs> In yeah. the same room. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. She tells Margaret that there's someone in the room and then their bed starts shaking like crazy exorcist style. Uh-huh. They run to Peggy's room and Janet shows a fresh bite mark on her shoulder, which where the hell did Why that come from? Why would he bite her? <laughs> like, that's tough, right? <laughs> it's like, like even for a ghost, that's yeah. like, uh, I'm going to bite this kid's shoulder. Yeah, that's what I want. Peggy goes to their room to, of course, find nothing. She looks everywhere and then finds Janet's spirit board. Peggy is not pleased. She accuses him of playing with it and scaring each other. The boys are now standing in the hallway watching them. She rips up the board and yells at all of them to go back to bed. Just then, the dresser moves across the room by itself, slamming the door shut. That's a lot. It's a lot, which I appreciated because I feel like most movies, everything would have stopped when mom got up. Right. Of course. But this it's, time it's like, no, nah, we're doing this shit. Like, I would have been like, fuck you, mom. Look at that. <laughs> you see that? And she had a look on her face like, damn. Yeah. Right. These kids <laughs> are right. Yeah. Right. Haunted. <laughs> I do want to point out from them waking up the mom and bringing her in all the way to the dresser slamming the door. One take. Awesome. That's Just so cool. Awesome. Yeah. But how did she sleep through all that noise? <laughs> That's the recurring question. Yeah. I think. 
What are y'all on? Because I want to no, sleep yeah. like that. They're Watch on DeFeo brand sleeping pills. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Some biscuits. Yeah. The next thing we see is the Hodgson family running across the street to other Peggy's house. Mm-hmm. She's Peggy Nottingham. Now, there's a little like lower third subtitle that says Nottingham residence. I'm like, what is this, the X-Files? Yeah. Like, <laughs> why did we need that? It was just unnecessary. Oh, 800 hours. Like, yeah. what? But they're yelling and banging on the door. Peggy is telling other Peggy what happened. And other Peggy's husband, Vic, played by Simon Delaney, goes to inspect the house and comes back to report that there's nobody there. Mm -hmm. As they're talking, the Nottingham's dog rings a bell. (laughs) Other Peggy explains that they've taught him to do that when he needs to go outside. And she tells Billy that he can let the dog out, which is like, now is not the time for this. Well, (laughs) what she's really saying is, oh, we've told him to set up a scare for later (laughs) on. (laughs) (laughs) This bell's going to be important later. Yeah, good dog. Uh, (laughs) Good pup. Which I I was going to, I told your sister when this happened, Hmm. I do have a question that I want want to ask y'all later about this okay. because and i didn't tell your sister purposefully because i something comes up and i was like hmm okay. i am intrigued but, yeah. but as billy goes to let the dog out he notices the police pull up to their house across the street vic says that he called them because he's sure that somebody is over there playing a prank on them in the real story he did call the police that night and they thought he was drunk no <laughs> <laughs> they're like whatever <laughs> click Back at the Hodgson home, the police are inspecting everything. One of the constables gives the crooked man toy a lingering look. She's like, was this what the fuck is this? <laughs> is this from hell? <laughs> <laughs> Later, they're in the kitchen trying to come up with a rational explanation and heavy rumbling sounds start happening above them. The constable stands on a chair to put her ear to the wall. Now, she did, she did not need the chair, but for what is about to happen. Right. She says that the knocking and rumbling is coming from inside the wall. The chair suddenly slides down the hall and back to its place at the kitchen table. I laughed out loud because the next thing we see is a, is the constables making a hasty retreat. Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're doing the right thing, first of all. Second of all, from a BBC interview, this is legitimate. There was an officer that saw this happen at the Hodgson residence and even had a sworn like signed affidavit that was God like, I damn. fucking saw Ooh. this here. And so it is awesome to me to see it in the movie, obviously because of the factual history of it happening, but also to piggyback off of what you said about authority in horror films. For some reason, ghosts are like, oh, I don't want to get arrested, so I'm not going to do anything right now. (laughs) Oh, shit, they called the cops. God damn it. I'll wait till they leave, and then I'll start freaking out. This ghost is like, oh, no, no. I said this is my house. Yeah. I love that. No, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. They say that they'll file a report, but that that's really all they can do. <laughs> well, I mean, they, what can they do? Arrest like, the chair? You this called the wrong yeah. <laughs> We'll break that chair for you. <laughs> we can arrest the chair, but that's I don't know, I don't know what you want us to do. He's going to get right back on the streets. <laughs> we can't hold him. The constable pulls Peggy to the side and says that she'll get her priest to call her. At the Warren home, the Warren's daughter, Judy, played by Sterling Jarens, and Lorraine are sitting in the living room. We see someone walk behind Judy and she seems to notice and kind of stop what she's doing. Mm -hmm. We focus on Lorraine, who hears music start and stop. When the camera pans out, we see that Judy is gone. Lorraine finds her standing in the hallway, frozen in fear. Judy asks, who is that? And points down the hall. Lorraine looks frightened and we see the nun standing at the end of the hall. She turns and walks away. Nope. (laughs) <laughs> absolutely Already. not she can have that back room <laughs> i'm not we'll falling. just stay yeah. over here yeah, it's she's fine. staying there right. now that's your part of the house <laughs> quick like, pivot yeah, no, it's uh-huh. an airbnb now <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
Lorraine sends Judy back into the living room and goes after the nun. And now begins my favorite scene of the whole movie. Yes. I feel like each Conjuring film has that one scene mm-hmm. that you're like, fuck. Yeah. In The Conjuring, it was the claps. In Annabelle, it was the basement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this one is this. Yes. Amazing. This is what brought me back, what I said at the top. This oh, made to me go see the again. film a second yeah. time. <laughs> Lorraine goes into a room and it's empty. Behind her, Ed's painting of the nun is hung up on the wall now. <laughs> yeah. He's like, this freaked out my wife earlier. Let's hang yeah. it up. Let's hang it up. Let's have it framed. <laughs> But the nun in the painting seems to be moving in a strange, almost imperceptible way. You're like, did I see that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like the features, like the bone structure changes. Yeah. Lorraine turns on the lamp next to it, and then it's just the regular painting again. What were you worried about? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a tape player starts blaring choir music on the other side of the room. Lorraine turns it off, and behind her, the lamp to the painting turns back off. Lorraine goes back over to it, and again, it looks much more real than that painting that Ed had done. Mm-hmm. She switches on the light again, and it just becomes the regular painting again. I gotta stop drinking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rubs her eyes. Yeah. She goes to leave, but the door slams shut, as do the shutters on the windows. A painting still on the easel begins to rock, and then it stops. Did you see the painting on the easel is the poster for the first conjuring? Oh my god. It's it's the parents' <laughs> oh, house. That's it amazing. Is. I know I, I didn't. didn't. Yeah, I it's didn't a cool little that. that's so good. Ed's working through his stuff with yeah. some art. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that was tough. I'm gonna it's therapeutic. Let's paint it that's out. That's funny. The nun's shadow comes out from behind that painting, slowly walking as it's cast on the wall. It makes its way over to Ed's painting of the nun and stands perfectly positioned behind it. And the music oh my God. follows the movement. It stops when it stops. It's no, just no, oh my God. Her fingers come out and grasp either side of the painting. Suddenly, she comes running toward Lorraine, still holding the painting in front of her. But the nun on the painting now is screaming. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. Lorraine falls backwards and she's in the Amityville basement again. She screams at the nun to tell her who she is. And the nun just screams back. <laughs> She's like, we can both play that game. (laughs) (laughs) We see that Lorraine is actually still sitting in the living room with Judy, and she's harshly writing on the pages of the Bible that she was reading, and she's just screaming, and Judy's trying to wake her up. Man, Judy's like she didn't catch a pencil to the hand. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Back the fuck up. Back in the basement, Lorraine asks what she wants. The nun points, and Lorraine looks. The chairs fall away just as they did before, but the man standing there is now Ed. He apologizes to her just before he is impaled by something, throwing his head back like we saw before. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now we get the full picture. Yeah. Yeah. Which is much worse. Yeah. Let's go back to the silhouette. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Lorraine finally wakes up and hugs Judy. Now, just another mention of how fantastically creepy and scary the scene with the painting is. It is just the best part of the movie for me. And I remember talking to my dad when The Nun, the movie The Nun came out mm-hmm. and he had seen it and I hadn't. And he was like, well, if you're expecting it to be like that scene in The Conjuring 2, think again. <laughs> I was like, oh. He was not wrong. And that's yeah, a shame. not wrong. Because no. holy shit. The bar was set too high. Way too high. Because the scene is just so good. It's perfectly structured. It it's just great. I can't that say enough about the that, scene. That lady's scary as hell. Like, for real. <laughs> Moving on. Back in Enfield, Peggy is stopped on the street by a reporter, Kent Allen, played by Daniel Wolf. 
He's wanting to get more information about what happened at her house. The incident report has caused many people to be curious, which is like, damn. Yeah. Uh-huh. Peggy is not about it and tries to hurry inside. But the reporter asks if it's still happening. If it is, getting her story out there may be her best chance at finding someone who can help. That gets her. Mm-hmm. The next thing we see is Kent giving his report from outside their house. A crossing guard says that through the window, she saw Janet being thrown around in the air. No, you didn't. A A photographer says that he went inside and saw Legos flying everywhere. No, you didn't. (laughs) But he said one hit him in the face, making him bleed. Let's see the scars. (laughs) (laughs) Pixar, it didn't happen. Yeah. The constable from that night tells her true account of the incident with the chair. An engineering consultant, Dr. Maurice Gross, played by Simon McBurney, is convinced but a parapsychologist, Dr. Anita Gregory, played by Franca Patente, is not. She thinks that the children are behind it. Again, <laughs> I just want to say I don't understand why they paint. No, oh, she's kind of an asshole. Yeah, <laughs> she is. It's so unnecessary. They show an interview with Janet and Margaret, and Janet looks pretty rough. Yeah. She tells Kent that the haunting has gotten worse since Dr. Gross has been asking it questions. So Kent takes this moment to ask a question. (laughs) (laughs) He asks if anyone is there and willing to communicate and nothing happens. Suddenly, Janet looks very odd and a man's growling voice comes out of her mouth. Everything in the room starts rattling and the lights go out and come back on. Kent looks thrilled. (laughs) Oh, yeah. He's like, this is going to be great TV. And in his defense, as a journalism major, his news Hell package that yeah. he put up at, at the top was really <laughs> yeah. good. Like, that was top shelf. Got stand-ups and B-roll. And <laughs> Sorry, I was a big fan. Janet demands that they stop calling her Janet because Janet is asleep and he's talking now. When Kent asks what to call him, it growls again and laughs. It's like, how do you pronounce that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it asserts that they don't belong here and this is his home. Dr. Gross keeps demanding to know his name. Finally, the voice says, knock, knock. Yeah. <laughs> what is this for? Now, wait, in, in the film's defense, in the real I 1970s know. interview, <laughs> the the demon speaking through Janet. You guys can't see the air quotes. Yeah. Right? Uh, sorry. <laughs> air quotes. I just realized that as I was yeah. making them. But it asks a knock, knock joke. It It's not good. <laughs> and this joke isn't that good either. Well, no, because he says knock, knock, and they say who's there, and he says Bill. Yeah. (laughs) But Maurice Gross seems like he doesn't have time for it. He's like, very well, who's there? He's like, get to the fucking point. (laughs) He says his name is Bill Wilkins, and he's 72 years old. He's come from the grave. He went blind and had a hemorrhage. He went to sleep and died in that chair that's been kind of causing all the problems right and peggy's like (gasps) (laughs) well when dr gross asks why he's here he says because he likes to hear them scream all right he cackles (laughs) to each their own right (laughs) he cackles and peggy tells him to leave them alone he tells her shut up you old cow now here's where i'd have some skepticism if i'm anita gregory i'm like "Mm -mm, bullshit why is a 72 year old man calling like a 45 year old woman an old cow (gasps) oh Oh, yeah this is janet working out some shit she's mad at her mom (laughs) but nobody jumps on that like i would have He's like, shut up, you young whippersnapper. Yeah. It's like, sorry, you my bad, my bad. cow. <laughs> Dennis, Dennis Reynolds energy. <laughs> Janet finally comes back to herself, apologizes, and runs away. Outside, we see a tabloid with the Hodgson's house on the front page. So this shit is blowing up. Mm-hmm. 
at the Nottingham home, other Peggy is setting up a place for. <laughs> well, I can't call no, her Peggy. No, yeah, we have our main Peggy. <laughs> other Peggy is setting up a place for them all to sleep. Peggy is crying, and her friend assures her that they can stay as long as they need to. Which I would like to know the husband's opinion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like we're gonna have to talk about that. <laughs> She has like five, four kids. I don't remember how many kids. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, only three of them are important. Yeah. <laughs> Billy comes in and offers his mom biscuits to make her feel better. Those are the Nottingham's biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure the dad is extra mad now. And they're giving away our biscuits. Right? I want them out. <laughs> the camera pans to their house across the street. We see inside the Hodgson home, the crooked man toy inside the tent turns on and begins to spin and sing. But the man inside with the umbrella disappears as it spins. Where'd he go? Where yeah. did he go? <laughs> Back at the Nottingham home, the Hodgsons are asleep in the living room when Billy is woken up by the bell that the dog uses. You guys remember the bell yeah. that the dog hmm. uses? I didn't think that was going to come up again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he gets up and we see that the dog is not by the bell. We hear a bell by the back door and the dog whining. Billy goes to see the dog sitting at the back door and opens it for him. Just then... The dog stretches out to become a whole ass giant yeah. man. <laughs> it looks so fucking cool. Oh, no, it does. And aside from the dog transformation, <laughs> it's all practical. It's crazy. No, it looks really good. Yeah. The guy that plays the crooked man is a guy named Javier Botet, and he's seven feet tall. And they built, they built, they made him like a uh, skin tight costume. No, you'd yeah. have to build a costume yeah, for a seven foot tall man. <laughs> and he's just incredible in stature his movements this yeah. is fantastic no work it's here. incredible and it's so fucking creepy yeah okay so here comes in my question here we go okay okay so he went the bell rang uh-huh and the dog stayed there did he have to open the door to let the ghost in or was oh. that just a get over here so that i can attack you because you notice the dog was just there. Mm -hmm. He was just sitting there. And he opened the door, then shit happened. So did he have to like Invited kind of in, yeah like a vampire? Kind of like let me and he's in. like, Oh hell yeah, I'm <laughs> yes. about to get up in this yeah. dog. So if he wouldn't have opened the door, then would he have been safe? That's a good question because it didn't even start when he woke up. It started right. when no. he opened right. the door. Damn. I didn't Valid. think about yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know, because he's not you're not based here. Right. You live across no, the street. Yeah. We, we didn't play with the Ouija board here. <laughs> no. Yeah. So see that's oh, what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Good point. See, so it's all Billy's fault. Right, right you little fucker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's definitely kicking them out now. <laughs> That's it, pal. You right. are out of here. <laughs> like we said, it's the crooked man complete with his umbrella. Billy runs as the crooked man comes after him jerkily singing his song in a horrifying voice. Mm -hmm. He's got bars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Billy screams and wakes up Peggy. His siblings wake up and the Nottinghams come into the room. I'd be like, I fucking knew this shit was right. going to happen if they mm -hmm. stayed here. Undeterred, the crooked man is still spitting his rhymes as the shadow comes toward them. When his shadow comes into view, we see that it's Janet now. She continues the rhyme and screams as the gate over the fireplace rattles. It flies towards them. Bulbs explode. Everyone is screaming. Janet collapses and twitches on the floor. Peggy runs over to her and Janet is unconscious now and foaming at the mouth. Mm -hmm. Peggy screams for an ambulance and it freezes on her. Another odd freeze <laughs> they frame. Like, yeah. <laughs> they really enjoyed their freeze frames in this movie. I think it goes without saying that this was added for dramatic effect. There was, Are you sure? oh, yeah. <laughs> there was no crooked man sightings at Enfield. Otherwise, I think we'd all be like, no, this shit really happened. <laughs> but no. The next thing we see is the Warrens listening to a recording of Bill introducing himself through Janet during that interview we saw. 
When the priest tells them that the voice is coming from an 11-year-old girl, they are astonished. The Hodgsons have reached out to the church for help, but they're hesitant to get involved because of all the publicity. They're calling this England's Amityville, and he asked him to spend three days in London just to check the situation out. Again, this is all not true. Well, <laughs> <laughs> since they just showed up on an yeah, they're like, uh, we're the Warren. Yeah, we saw this in the paper. We're famous. <laughs> <laughs> when the priest leaves, Ed tells Lorraine that they need to talk about it. But Lorraine's mind is made up like she just fucking said, yeah. we're not doing this anymore. Mm -hmm. Ed rationalizes that they don't have to get involved. They just need to observe and that they've never turned down a family that needed help before. It's like. Yeah. Kind of a dick move, to be honest. <laughs> I like his attitude of, let's just go see if something happens. <laughs> let's just yeah. check yeah. this shit out. Wants to see some freaky shit. <laughs> <laughs> she finally confesses that the vision she saw at the Amityville house was the same thing she saw seven years ago that was alluded to in the first film. She had a premonition of Ed's death. She tells him that the painting he made is a real demon. <laughs> no shit. Yeah. And that it's a warning that if they continue. <laughs> well, he's like, so that's what that was. <laughs> All right, sure. It's a warning that if they continue, Ed is going to die. He tells her that her visions are a gift from God and that God is showing her his death for a reason. Maybe they'll be able to prevent it. They can't just run away. Now, I disagree because yes. the demon showed the death. It literally pointed at it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's God right. didn't yeah. show you There's shit. no God there. That's right. <laughs> I can prove that. I saw it. <laughs> right. We've just seen that. Yeah. Lorraine says that they can go, but only if they really only observe and don't get involved. Mm. If it's dangerous, they report it to the church and basically nah. get the fuck out. Mm -hmm. At her insistence, Ed promises. But you know, the motherfucker's lying. Like, yeah. we know watching him. It's but... like, why are you bringing your Bible in holy water? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I said, we're we just, just watching. Said... In Enfield, the Warrens are picked up by Dr. Gross, who confirms with them that they will be staying at the Hodgson's house, which I'd be like, fucking great yeah, yeah. <laughs> interestingly the song that's playing at the station is the same song that was in lorraine's vision with the nun oh, fuck. so the fact that she i take that back i'm glad she didn't say anything because yeah like we talked true. about in final destination where they're like oh that song's from blank it's, it's like John Dude, stop. yeah, yeah. <laughs> just let the moment breathe and they let the moment breathe so i appreciate that i appreciate it when they arrive at the hodgson home lorraine looks up at the house and does not look pleased Dr. Gross introduces them to Peggy and they meet Vic before Vic goes back home. Mm -hmm. I'd be like, why the hell am I here? <laughs> yeah. I also live on the right? street. <laughs> the rest of the kids are staying across the street with the Nottinghams and only Peggy and Janet are in their home. Why? I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't Probably get that Vic either. was like, get the fuck hey, out yeah. of my house. <laughs> we'll keep the other kids. Right, take the bad one with yeah. you. <laughs> we can't do this anymore. There's a demon in that. They're yeah, right. <laughs> busting bulbs, fucking yeah. up my fireplace. <laughs> they go inside the house and Peggy unlocks the door to the girls' room and says that they don't stay in there anymore. When Ed tries to get more information, Dr. Gross keeps interrupting Peggy and filling him in on the tea. Most of the activity has happened in this room, including Janet levitating, which has been captured in photographs. Okay, so I just want to say really quickly, why is Groucho Marx so animated? <laughs> <laughs> He's all about it, man. It's so fucked up because not only is this movie belittling his contributions to this investigation, yes. they're also making him seem like an annoying asshole. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, it's like I'm not yeah. fucking talking to you, dude. And Ed's like, <laughs> um, I'd like to hear it from her, please. <laughs> It's just mean. I don't know why they wrote it this way. Lorraine's like, make him a dick. Yeah. yeah. I remember I remember him being an asshole. <laughs> Put that in there. Yeah. 
The room is dirty and everything is thrown into the middle of the floor. The walls are cluttered with crucifixes that have been donated by neighbors, Peggy says. She says the crucifixes don't work because they still hear things going on at night in here. As soon as Ed leaves the room, Peggy locks it right back up. Outside, Lorraine approaches Janet, who is sitting on the swing and kicking a soccer ball around. When Lorraine tries to talk to her, she doesn't answer. Lorraine tells the story about seeing an angel in a hospital when she was about Janet's age, and that seems to get Janet's attention. Mm -hmm. She relates to Janet, knowing how hard it is to be different, but she says one person can change everything if you open up to them. She says it took her forever to find someone who believed her, and when she did, she married him. Aww. It's very sweet, but they sit in the moment for too long, yeah. considering that Janet has we don't not need, met I don't know Ed. you. <laughs> yeah, and doesn't even know yeah. Lorraine yet. Like, and you're who are you again? <laughs> Elaine? <laughs> Janet finally opens up and cries about how tired she is and how everyone is afraid of her now. Lorraine tells her that whatever is doing this wants her to feel alone and miserable because that's what makes it stronger. Inside, Peggy tells them that Janet's sleepwalking started when she would wake up in the chair where Bill Wilkins died. The house came furnished. <laughs> what? Bad sign. Yeah. So as a realtor, mm -hmm. you know someone died in this chair. <laughs> Why would you leave that there? Well, you don't have to say to sell shit. The house. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. but that's that's it bad comes taste. With the chair, Come you guys. on, right? Well, honestly, if I'm not An mistaken, chair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they also at some points make it seem like the house is almost like public housing. Yes. Yeah. No, so yeah, I'm like, yeah, I don't yeah. know if maybe they're just like, I don't care because it's the government. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. So a man Still. died. Move him in. Move him in. <laughs> yeah, and, right? yeah. Get rid of the dead body. Wipe it off. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And spray it spray down. Spray it. Yeah. Spray it down. <laughs> yeah. Got Clorox. We have Clorox. Yeah. It's 1970. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but Peggy fills Ed in on her divorce. Her ex had twins with another woman and there's no chance of reconciliation. But when he left, he even took his Elvis records, which the kids loved. That, that won't come into play later. Oh, yeah. no. Ed explains that this isn't a coincidence that this is all happening now. These entities feed off of emotional distress. Outside again, Janet tells Lorraine that when Bill speaks, it feels like she's being used. It tells Janet that it wants to hurt Lorraine. And when Lorraine asks when it said that, she says, right now. <laughs> and be like, well, back to America. <laughs> Sorry, Ed, kid. you remember what Lots the fuck of, I right, said? Yeah. Right, we cannot help. <laughs> we made a deal. Yeah. yeah. They're like the constables. That's yeah, all we can right. do. <laughs> right, call the police. They told us to call you. Well. I don't know what to talk We weren't there for that. <laughs> yeah, <so. right. laughs> Sorry. I don't know why they would do that. Yeah. Later, the rain is pouring again, and inside we have Janet sitting in Bill Wilkins's chair. They're going to have her hold water in her mouth to prove that she's not making his voice herself. Mm -hmm. Ed starts recording, and Janet takes the water in her mouth. Ed calls Bill forward. Nothing happens. <laughs> Janet spits the water out and tells them that Bill said he won't talk with all of them staring at him. But, like, he didn't have a problem with that Yeah, before. earlier. Yeah. Seems convenient. Well... Ed proposes that they all turn around and try again. <laughs> Sounds like something Ed would do. <laughs> <laughs> we believe you. Yeah. Janet takes another drink of water, holding it in her mouth again. Ed calls him again. This looks so fucking cool. Oh, it's yes. fantastic. The yes. camera is focused on Ed, turned away from Janet, and Janet is out of focus sitting in the chair behind him. She immediately starts breathing heavily in Bill's voice, and the light behind Janet goes out. Ed tells Bill that he's going to put a stop to his oppression of this family and asks if he knows who he is. Bill does, calling him Ed, Eddie, Edward. 
Ed reiterates that his name is Ed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bill ventures that his father called him Edward, trying to psychoanalyze him, and Ed is not here for it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Meanwhile, still out of focus, we see Janet's head, like, elongating. Yeah, yeah. It, it's fantastic. Oh, yeah. my God. I noticed, I was like, and it's just, it's a little at a time. It's I'm so glad subtle. that it wasn't just, like, just right away. Because yeah, yeah. um, you're almost like, am I, yes, I'm yeah, seeing that. Yeah, like, holy it's shit. It's not like, now I'm Bill. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> What's funny to me, though, is when this starts, Bill goes, here I come. It's like, why are you so playful? <laughs> here I come. Yeah. Here I come. <laughs> you are a demon. Ed demands that they get down to business and asks why he won't leave them alone. Bill says because this is his house, which he has numerous yeah. times. Same thing. It's like uh, if you would just listen. When Bill says that he doesn't believe in moving on, Ed asks him what's so wrong about going to heaven. Bill explains that he is not a heaven yeah. man. <laughs> what did you do in your life, sir? Right. <laughs> Ed brandishes his crucifix at Bill and he begins to moan and scream, help it let go. Finally, the outline transforms back into Janet's shape and the light comes back on and Janet spits the water out of her mouth. Why did Ed go from being respectful to see this shit <laughs> with <Yeah>. the crucifix? <laughs> like, he didn't like that Eddie does. Edward yeah. shit. No. The... He's like, it is Ed, goddammit. Yeah. I mean, it's Ed, damn it. He's, <laughs> sorry. I'm a very religious exactly. man. Exactly. That night when they're getting ready for bed, Ed asks Lorraine if she's sensing a presence and she says, no, she's not sensing anything. She says that her heart is telling her to believe them and the fact that she heard Bill's voice is convincing but that the only thing she can actually sense is the fear in the family. Mm -hmm. There's this sweet moment, too, when Ed is in one of the kids' beds on the other side of the room and he says he doesn't know if he can sleep that far away from her. <laughs> They're just cute. Well, but then she's like, well, when we get home. <laughs> <laughs> she's very suggestive. Yeah. Okay, well, that was less cute. But <laughs> yeah. The consultant, she's like, yeah. I wanted to bang my husband a lot. <laughs> Put that Put in that in Peggy's bedroom, Janet is tying herself to her mom's bed, and Peggy's like, I really wish you wouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Janet explains that it helps her sleep because she knows she can't go anywhere. Janet lays down in the bed and tells Peggy that she really didn't smoke that day with Camilla when she got in trouble. She wasn't gonna smoke. She just wanted to look cool. Again, that's not true, though. Yeah, because she... About looking cool? Yeah. No, that's yeah, not what, that's she not what happened. Play. She was just trying to be useful. Yeah. <laughs> that's not what happened at all. No. But Peggy hugs her and apologizes for not believing her. The house is quiet until we hear whistling start to echo through the house. Did the echoey whistle remind you of Insidious? Yeah, that's... <laughs> That's accurate. Dude, the parallels are like... Yeah. yeah. I don't know why I feel like the DNA of this film is tied closer to Insidious than The, the Conjuring. Conjuring. <laughs> it's so interesting it's to me. It's true, though. But it wakes up Janet, who finds that she is up on the ceiling of the living room. She looks down on Bill, who is rocking in his chair. He gets up, still whistling, and walks out of the room and up the stairs. Not cool. No. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, well, now she's up there. Yeah. Bill yanks on her rope and she is pulled up through the ceiling and into her old bedroom with the crucifixes all over the walls. One by one, the crosses begin to shake and all turn upside down. She can't catch a break. No, no. dude. Out of nowhere, Bill comes at her calling her name. She screams and this time Peggy does wake up. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, character development. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Peggy runs down the hall and realizes that Janet is behind the chained door. She struggles to open it before Janet is yanked back. 
through the crack in the door, Peggy sees Bill. Like she sees him. Mm-hmm. Dude, and it looks terrifying. Yeah. yeah. His mouth is open. Dude. Like it's a it's, Yeah, it's, no, it's it's a sight. <laughs> you hate to see it. Yeah, I hate to see it. The Warrens rush out and Peggy runs to go get the key for the chain. Through the crack, Lorraine can see Janet presumably being suffocated underneath the curtains yeah. on the window. They finally get the door open and rush to her, taking the curtains off so she can breathe. Peggy says that she saw that man with her own eyes, and Lorraine notices the crosses move as they settle back into place. So maybe she's starting to get a little taste. She's like, all right, maybe I was (laughs) a little too quick to judge here. And this is, according to Janet Hodson, based on a real incident, the at least the curtain portion. She wasn't pulled through the ceiling or anything. I got to add some flair. (laughs) Put some stank on it. Yeah. As if the curtain isn't enough. Yeah. At a pub, the Warrens sit with Dr. Gross and Dr. Gregory, that parapsychologist who didn't believe Mm -hmm. anything was happening. Uh Dr. Gross shows the Warrens a picture of Janet's bite. He says he did research on the house and the previous owner was William Wilkins, who did die in that chair from a brain hemorrhage. Dr. Gregory points out that this is all public information that Janet could have heard from someone. She also says the claims of her transporting through the house are about as valid as the claims of her levitating off of her bed. Preach. (laughs) (laughs) Lorraine asks if anyone has ever actually seen this happen. The photographer says no, but he has photographs of it. He had cameras set up in their room and it captured this happening. Ed says that the photographs honestly look like she's just jumping. Yeah. <laughs> so here, here's here's the big deal about that. The photographer is from the Daily Mirror, which is a tabloid yeah. magazine in England. But the thing is, is that they had several pictures leading up to this picture that's so famous. And mm-hmm. it's of her running off the bed and jumping <laughs> off of it. So I don't understand why they insist on always using this picture to show it. They're like, when, throw those other ones away. Yes, yeah. we, we literally have definitive proof that this was not a levitation. When you have all these other, you have sworn affidavits from a police officer, use that, you know? That's but what I was just thinking. Picture, right, I was like, didn't words. the cops yes. see this? Yes, don't tell the, you know, and then the other thing, honestly, Ed Warren would not be the one debunking it. He'd no. be like, wow, do you see the way her knees are bent? That means yeah. demons in that kid. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like so. Demons reside in the knees. Right. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know, man. I just feel like that shouldn't be the proof. Well, well. <laughs> Ed also says that he never saw anyone attacking Janet. Peggy did. When Dr. Gross brings up the voice, Dr. Gregory points out that the first time she ever did it was in front of TV cameras and that she couldn't even recreate it with water in her mouth until no one was looking at her. Valid. Yeah. I get it. And but she just seems like a dick about no, it. And that's, like, and that's and the that's, problem. Yeah. They even gave her yeah. vocal fry. They really want you to hate her. <laughs> yeah. It's like, listen, we saw her head elongate. All right. Yeah. yeah. We did. <laughs> we did. <laughs> She goes on to say that Peggy has already applied for better housing and is using this whole situation as an excuse to get it. Now we're getting into personal shots. <laughs> yeah. But... I was with you on the proof. Rude. <laughs> yeah. And she didn't offer me water. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like her. Mm-mm. When asked point blank if they believe them, Ed says yes, but they need proof before the church can do anything about it. Dr. Gross says that he will get his hands on some recording equipment, and Lorraine says that she and Ed will be spending time with the Hodgsons as a family. I don't know what that helps, but at the Hodgson home, the family really is ecstatic to be reunited, and Ed has brought them an Elvis album, and they're trying to, you know, put it on the record player. Mm Mm-hmm. 
amidst the celebration, Lorraine's like, yeah, this is great. But have any of you guys ever been bullied? Yeah. like <laughs> We don't need an after school special. We're trying yeah. to have a good time. For the first time. They tell her about the bully that messes with Billy. And Billy says that they always stick up for him when it happens. Ed says that the entity in this house is just like that bully. But this one is going after Janet. So they all need to stick up for her. Ed finally concedes that he can't get the record player to work. And Peggy says they keep having things stop working in the house for no reason. So Ed picks up a guitar and sings... (laughs) Can't help falling in love in his best Elvis impression. (laughs) I just want to say, was this in Patrick Wilson's contract? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> this He's movie, like, I got to perform something. Yeah. This movie is two hours and 14 minutes. <laughs> we don't need this. I have and to say. And then there's a random guitar just sitting yeah, there. Yeah. And it's tuned. <laughs> <laughs> but. He's got a nice voice. He I'll does. give him that. He does. And it's a very sweet moment between it him is. and Lorraine. And you can see her kind of fearing that she could lose She's him. She's choked up. So and it's, I mean, you, you yeah. understand, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know. I don't, yeah, I wrote that too. I, this is a good scene. <laughs> right. I don't feel like we needed this I, yeah. at all. I think we could lose it. I think yeah, the record player could have worked. Yeah. <laughs> and no you get shit. the same moment. Maybe they like exchange a glance with the song playing and it's still right. sweet. Maybe he sings along to it yeah. just real quick and then they exchange that look. And... Yeah. But we didn't need all that other Patrick Wilson's yeah. like, like, I was promised to perform yeah. it. Exactly. You said if I did the Conjuring 1, I could do my best Elvis. Right. Later, as Ed is fixing their sink, Janet asks why he helps people like them. Ed says that when he was a kid, something under his bed yanked him out and onto the floor. His dad made him go back in there (laughs) and face his fears because he didn't believe him. Ed, remembering a nun who had told him God helps all who are in need, grabbed a crucifix from his nightstand, one that he is still wearing around his neck, and stood up to whatever was under there. What was it? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It took forever until he met someone who believed him, and when he did... He married her. Was he just telling everyone he knew? <laughs> yeah. And then it was <laughs> a demon listen. like, whatever. Oh, my God. Ed, right. shut up. Lorraine's like, go on. <laughs> Demons, you say? Yeah. Peggy comes in and Ed shows her that the sink is fixed and that he fixed their closet door. He offers to fix the washing machine, but she says it's a disaster. Famous last words, he says. How bad can it be? The next mm. thing we see is the laundry room completely flooded. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a mixed bag for me. I like that they kept... Ed being handy because mm-hmm. it's something that carries over from the right, first right, film. Right. Yeah. But in reality, Maurice Gross was kind of like a surrogate father to this family. And so in real life, he probably did all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, this probably That's happened to him. Exactly. And instead, he's just an annoying Groucho Marx interrupting yeah. machine. Yeah. Ed's like, look at me. Yeah. I am Dr. Gross <laughs> Exactly. <now." laughs> Outside, Dr. Gross and Lorraine talk as he smokes his pipe. Dr. Gross says that it would be historic if they were able to prove that there is life after death. But Lorraine kind of chastises him, saying what's important is helping this family, not making history. He says that's not what he meant. His daughter died in a car crash, and after that, he began experiencing things, possibly ways of her trying to communicate with him. And it would help him to know that she's gone on somewhere. I think it was kind of nice to get an ounce of fleshing out Dr. Gross, because... Otherwise, no, no, yeah. dude. Now, a very sad detail that they leave out of his story is that his daughter was also named Janet. Oh, oh wow! Man. Yeah, so, I can see why he yeah. would take this. You personally. can under- exactly, yeah. And so it has that extra weight to that, it. That I would, think they should have added. That. I was yeah, gonna say that would even be interesting. In yeah, I don't know. 
Okay. Um, but in the laundry room, Ed is trying to find out what's causing the flood. He goes out into the cold standing water and finds the broken pipe. He can hear the kids running and playing up above him and kind of see them through the slats in the wood. That's precarious. Like that they could just <laughs> yeah. fall into the water at yeah. any time. And it's I like a that lot too. of water. Yes. That basement is fucked <laughs> up. And it's like, that's all that's stopping me yeah. is those boards. Some rickety ass yeah. boards. From a tetanus death or whatever yeah. the fuck is waiting <laughs> down whatever. there. Yeah. Ed gets to work tightening the pipe and we see someone rise up out of the water behind him. <sighs> so cool. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Peggy, who's like standing way back holding a flashlight. Does he rise up like Nosferatu or is that just my memory being wrong? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, don't I feel either. like he. I don't know. I feel like he stood up. All right. No, I don't. Yeah, I you've don't poisoned remember. the well. Yeah, I, know. I have no idea. You're actually seeing Nosferatu <laughs> now. But Peggy, who's holding the flashlight way at the entrance, notices and comes closer she tells ed that there's something behind him and when he turns around of course nothing is there there's this moment of tension before peggy looks under the water and sees bill looking up at her Mm -hmm. he grabs her wrist and tries to pull her under ed helps her back up onto the stairs and we see that there again is a bite mark where (laughs) bill grabbed her did he grab her with his mouth (laughs) maurice said he got all this information from bill's son i'm like ask bill's son if he bites yeah he just bite a lot was that his thing is that you know he's like really into biting my my big complaint about this scene because i like it a lot there's one really cool shot where it's like half underwater half not i love that stuff but my big complaint is that when she's bit, she says, it bit me like it bit Janet. Yeah. It's like, again, we, we get know it, that. We get it, we, we get it. Knew we that. knew that. <laughs> I don't understand the screenwriters. I don't know. I don't know. They like I to double up. They would. Yeah. They weren't expecting their audience to... They're, like, they're here for the they scare. Yeah. Oh, she did get bit. Yeah, that's no. right. Oh, yeah. That's right. They're like, this movie's long as fuck. You might, <laughs> yeah. Have, yeah. You might have forgotten. In hour three, she was bitten. <laughs> <laughs> Ed reaches into the water and finds an upper partial. It matches... Peggy's arm perfectly. So he bit her and his fake teeth fell out. I guess. It was a really hard bite. Yeah. <laughs> but they're his g- ghost teeth. Yeah. How are they real? I'm, if I'm ghost so confused. Teeth. I don't know. I can't. I can't help you here. We're being Shouldn't asked it? to suspend. Yeah. <laughs> Shouldn't it have disappeared when Bill left? You would think. Correct. He right. didn't leave a shirt or yeah. anything. Like, I, <laughs> oh, shit, my teeth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Upstairs in the house, the kids are all decorating a Christmas tree and hanging stockings. Janet goes to get another ornament and stops, staring terrified into the dark kitchen. Margaret comes to look, and Janet says that it's in there playing with knives in the dark. We can't see anything. No, because I've looked and looked, and yeah. there was nothing yeah. there. Recalling what Ed said about the demon being a bully, Johnny goes... <laughs> For the first thing he does the whole movie. Hey, yeah. good for him. Johnny goes to stand up to it. His agent was like, you need to give this kid something to do. <laughs> He's been here every day. <laughs> there are kitchen knives standing up, stuck to the kitchen table. He picks one of them up just as we hear a thud and Janet scream. Johnny looks back and Janet is just gone. Uh, Margaret was like, she was right here. Yeah, it's like you were supposed to be watching her. <laughs> The camera pans over and we hear the sound of a knife, you know, the shring horror movie sound. And we see that Janet is in the kitchen holding it. She's quick. Yeah. Yeah. Downstairs, Ed is still inspecting Peggy's arm. Yeah. (laughs) And they hear the kids scream and they run upstairs. Damn, he got you good. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So how long you can sit there and look at that? As soon as they enter the house, a chair comes flying at them. They try to go into the kitchen, and that door slams in their face. 
Ed breaks the door down and the kitchen is completely trashed. Peggy finds Johnny crying in a cupboard. Yeah. Just cowered up by himself. Hey, that'd be me. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Gross picks up a metal spoon bent completely backward. Part of their crew, some dude, I don't know. <laughs> hey, well, no, I guess uh, Dr. Gross said he was going to get a camera together. So maybe that's his camera. Oh, uh, maybe. All right. Just another <laughs> man. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's been like three cameramen. In this yeah. Movie, like just being <laughs> switched cycle. out. Yeah. But he gets out his equipment and goes looking for Janet. He finds activity by a small door, like paranormal mm -hmm. with paranormal. I don't right, know what the fuck's yeah. going on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be honest. There's a lot of moving parts. But Ed opens the door, somehow burning himself, and finds Janet in there, contortionist style, yeah. mm -hmm. and growling. Now, how are you going to explain that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's, come on. But he holds up his crucifix and really lets the wind out of her sails. <laughs> she screams, me won't, and falls silent. And Bill's voice, of course. Yeah. Ed helps her out of the little compartment. We don't see him untie her. No. Which no. I would have liked to have yeah. seen because how the fuck? No, he, yeah, yeah, he just pulls her out like nothing. Yeah. yeah, That was another person's legs. I don't yeah. even know. <laughs> <laughs> Later in the silent aftermath, Dr. Gregory pulls the Warrens and Dr. Gross to the side and says that she has proof that Janet is faking this. Outside, they gather to watch on the surveillance footage, Janet straight wrecking the kitchen, even focusing on her as she bends that spoon. Yeah. That <laughs> That's when Dr. This one's for Gross you. is like, damn. <laughs> the Warrens and Dr. Gross look very disappointed, and Dr. Gregory takes her opportunity to gloat. So much for your leap of faith. Now, I will say, all this proves is that she wrecked a kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because we still saw her bent all up in the fucking. Thing. Yeah. No. Yeah. How do you explain How'd that? You do yeah. that? And again, this does go in with the real story because both Guy Playfair and Maurice Gross said that they caught the kids faking incidents all the time. And then that's what made them believe the other ones because they could catch the fakes. But I mean, maybe they could. So it's like if yeah. I can't. If I can't figure it out, I know it's real because yeah. I can figure out when you're lying. And then present day, Janet Hodgson said that they faked about 2% of the <laughs> stuff. Yeah, we fucked with them all the time. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know <laughs> that I so believe that number because it's like if somebody said, I only cheated on you once. They cheated on you 50 times. <laughs> yeah. They're admitting so to the 2%. one. 2%. Yeah. 50%. But what does that even mean? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I like that they included in the movie... Even though they kind of explain right. it away yeah. in a second. But the next scene opens with Peggy in utter denial that Janet has made any of this up. Dr. Gregory says that she was caught red-handed and this is over, heavily insinuating that Peggy has helped her pull this off. No proof. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. For someone who has the high burden of, you know, yeah. proof. Yeah. No. Janet is just sitting on the couch crying. Peggy asks the Warrens if they believe them, and Ed says they want to help, but the second the church sees that video, everything's over. Peggy yells at all of them to get out, and Janet just continues to cry. Dr. Gross goes to reach for her, and she's like, get out, and he's like, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Just leaves, yeah. Outside, Dr. Gross asks Lorraine to contact the spirit herself, and she says she's tried, but she just doesn't feel anything here. Ed says that even if Peggy hadn't kicked them out, the church would want them out. Like, yeah. this is done. Janet faking that event ruins anything that might have been real. The photographer hands him the footage and he puts it in his bag. Ed tries to tell Dr. Gross that he's done a good job, but Dr. Gross says that they need to take the leap of faith. Before the Warrens leave, they lock eyes with Janet, who's just watching them from the window. Uh -huh. But in the car, the Warrens agree that this does not feel right. 
Back at the Hodgson house, Billy and Margaret asked Janet if she really did fake it. And she admits that she did because it told her that it would kill them if she didn't make everyone leave. Great. So it's like, I mean, I kind of did, but... To this point, as Ed and Lorraine get on their bus, Lorraine says that it's odd that Janet would fake this incident in the only room that had a camera in it. Why didn't she speak up earlier? Yeah. She was <laughs> well, quiet why as hell. She... She's like, oh, this is fucking, I'm not sticking mine in here. Anita's pissed. She has a camera. She has footage. <laughs> yeah. As Ed puts his bag up on the shelf, the footage spills out onto the floor. Of, of course it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lorraine sets up the recorders on Ed's insistence and they start to play the tapes. He plays the first tape from the Watermouth interview mm-hmm. with Bill's voice saying, help it let go. He plays the tape from the interview when Janet was contortioned <laughs> in that compartment where Bill says, me won't. He plays them at the same time and he's like, no, if I'm right about yeah. this. <laughs> he does say that like a caveat. He's like, yeah. we're going to have to head back. Hold on to your tits. <laughs> <laughs> But he plays him at the same time with Bill's voice saying, help me, it won't let me go. Boom. Suddenly Lorraine is hit with yeah, all yeah. the she gets, knowledge. Like, pushed into the seat. Yeah. <laughs> in her vision, she approaches Bill, who is sitting in his chair at the Hodgson house. He tells her that he came to see his family, but they're not here. So he wants to leave, but he can't. It wants Janet and it almost has her. Lorraine asks how to stop it. And Bill, he's like, I got a fucking riddle for you. Yeah. Why? Like, no, dude. Why is he Edward Nigma? Yeah. <laughs> like, come on, man. You don't have to be the Riddler about this. Yeah. I am given and I am taken. I was there at your first breath. You didn't ask for me, but I will follow you until your death. She tells him she doesn't understand. <laughs> like, yeah. like, Can you just tell me? Suddenly, a demonic claw clamps down on Bill's shoulder, and behind him now is the nun. And I wonder if that claw is what it looked like before. Ah. Because she doesn't have claws. She didn't have a hand like that. No, but her mouth opens too wide to reveal bloody, sharp teeth as she screams. Back on the bus, Lorraine wakes up crying with a bloody nose. She tells Ed that the old man's spirit is just a pawn. It's being used by something inhuman that's trying to attack her faith. Now, when she says something that's taken a blasphemous form to attack my faith, you don't see her mouth say it because yeah. it was added in later. Oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah. She's like, it was a fucking demon. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Have you ever seen Annabelle? Because it, it looked right, just right, like yeah, that yeah. demon. <laughs> and how self-centered for her to be like, no, the demon's after me. Right. It wants to hurt me. It didn't just care ridiculous. for you, Ed. Yeah. <laughs> it's not about you, Ed. Right, or Eddie. the Hodgsons. What about yeah. the Hodgsons? This Edward. is all for me. <laughs> Eddie. Yeah. This is all it's for like, me. All right, we get it. Yeah. <laughs> But she says that there is a demon in the Hodgson home and they need to get back. Back at the Hodgson home, Peggy is sobbing and sweeping up the kitchen. I'd be like, Janet, you get your fucking ass in here and clean this shit up. Can't believe I believed you. (laughs) (laughs) Margaret screams from the living room and Peggy runs in to see her levitating. They're like, they're pulling out all the stops now. (laughs) Janet is also floating and laughing in a demonic voice. Margaret goes flying and Janet comes down, her eyes completely yellow. Margaret takes the rest of the kids outside and tells them to go to other Peggy's house. And when she tries to <laughs> and when she tries to go back in, the door slams shut in her face. 
in the car, Vic is like annoyed. <laughs> First, you don't believe him, and then you do, and now you well, don't. Well, how long was he waiting at the station? <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, Patrick, Patrick Wilson. <laughs> while, while Ed was doing the tapes and everything, which, by the way, started and stopped perfectly where he needed them to. Well, duh, they always do. So you mean to tell me he's just like sitting on his car like Homer Simpson? He's like, <laughs> oh, that makes me sad. I'm sorry. <laughs> but you know, it's just odd. I would have gone straight home or it's gone like, to the Hodgson's to yeah. look after them. It's like when you drop somebody off and you wait till they walk in to know they're okay. He's Waving. like, I'm going to yeah, wait till that bus <laughs> takes off. Hey, maybe. He's a good guy. Well, he seemed very annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> Lorraine explains that the old man's spirit couldn't break through until they were out of the house, which I don't, yeah. I don't know. understand. But Ed says that the old man and the crooked man are just facades for the actual demon that's living in the house. Lorraine repeats the riddle that Bill told her, and Ed immediately figures out the answer is your name. I feel like Mr. Nottingham is the audience because they're just telling him everything. <laughs> <laughs> but like, we've been paying attention. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. And the demon couldn't break out. Listen, because it's <laughs> yeah. like, we Vic, know. Vic, listen to me. We listen. understand. Again, you could have cut this entire scene. Yeah, yeah that's true. Just but... have her solve the riddle when she wakes up. <laughs> Your name. It's like, what? <laughs> but Lorraine says that learning the demon's name will give them power over it. They decide that this is out of their hands and they just need to get Janet to the church before she's killed. Mm -hmm. How would Bill know that Lorraine knows the demon's name? Why is Bill speaking in riddles at all? Great question. Yeah. He's like, this bitch keeps creeping up behind yeah, me and right. I can't tell she you. She doesn't understand yeah. riddles. It's the only way I'm able to she talk She doesn't right have now. the patience for yeah. it. <laughs> Vic pulls up at the Hodgson home with the Warrens. Ed breaks a window <laughs> to the house and starts trying to climb in but the couch flies up and knocks him out <laughs> this this scene reminded me kind of of evil dead like yeah no, I, I, honestly <laughs> no joke <laughs> it throws him to the ground ed runs to the back of the house as lorraine is begging him to stop she makes peggy go in the car with the other kids and tries to follow ed into the basement but the, of course the door slams behind him yeah. blocking her out mm -hmm. Vic comes down and then leaves to try to get something to break open the door Lorraine begs Ed to wait for her she is scared that he's gonna die and Ed says he has to go help Janet but it's like I would be so I'd be so pissed <laughs> <laughs> we were supposed to observe yes <laughs> Lorraine says but what about my vision Ed replies that he knows that he promised her, but he just has to do this. He tells her he loves her and he breaks out like he's <laughs> fucking gone. Yeah. Lorraine just screams after him sobbing. Ed goes through the flooded laundry room hearing Janet scream upstairs. He breaks through that precarious floor oh, yeah. and climbs up into the house. As he does, we see the handle on a pipe next to him just start turning by itself. We hear someone scream, Ed, someone help. Why would she be screaming for Ed? Yeah. Weren't they supposed to be gone? Yeah. Or they thought they oh, were gone? You're fucking What about your mom? How about yeah, that? Yeah, I know where <laughs> Ed. Yeah. It's like mom, you can't even fix the washer, right? <laughs> <laughs> Just as Ed climbs up onto the floor, the handle of the pipe comes off, burning his face with steam. Ooh. It's bad. Yeah. Meanwhile, Vic has returned to the door with an axe. Upstairs, Ed is burned and can barely see, but he moves forward, calling after Janet. On the television, we hear the choir yes. again singing that song from Lorraine's vision. Yeah. <laughs> As Ed blindly stumbles into the kitchen, we see fingers holding onto the door next to him. Mm -hmm. We see through Ed's point of view as he tries to make it into the living room, and he fucking can't see anything. <laughs> yeah. It's bad. Why did they 
impair his hearing now because everything's um, muffled. He didn't get. He's in a lot of pain. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. The man is in shock. <laughs> As he makes his way, we see someone moving behind him, mm-hmm. and it looks like yeah. super creepy. It oddly, it's the crooked man. Yeah. I thought it should have been the nun because Ed painted her. Yeah. Ed doesn't know who the crooked man is. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> but he mentions it earlier. You're right, he doesn't. But he's like, the crooked man is just part of the facade. It's like, were you, you watching the movie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the TV gives way to static and we hear Janet scream again for help and then a demonic laugh. Ed grabs his crucifix and starts to pray in Latin. Outside, as Vic tries to break the door down, Lorraine remembers that she had asked the nun what her name was, and the nun told her. (laughs) Why would she do that? (laughs) Dude, this is the fatal flaw of being a demon. Demons, if you're listening, (laughs) stop (laughs) telling people your name. It's your only weakness. Literally the only thing. That's the only thing. That's what she had been scratching into her Bible pages after she had that badass vision with the nun and the painting and all that. She runs to the car and gets her Bible out of her bag, and she finds that she had carved the letters into like a letter per page. Mm-hmm. V-A-L-A-K. Valak. The cool thing is, is that the demon's name is actually thrown in the movie throughout. I think it's one time on the refrigerator and the magnets, and then oh, on the bookshelf. I, I only knew about the bookshelf. Yeah, the bookshelf. The letters are like on one. The V is on one shelf. Mm-hmm. The A is on another shelf, and then the L. But they're in order. You're right, because I remember seeing also Judy's bracelet that oh, she was yeah, making. Oh yeah, the bracelet too, which yeah. is odd. It's like, why are you making that? Yeah, what right. are you doing? <laughs> is that your friend? Yeah, Alec? you've been. Mm-hmm. What the hell's going on? Yeah, but that's neat. Yeah, it really is. And it's like, that's only for people who are paying yeah. attention to mm-hmm. be like, oh, I shit. didn't notice any of that shit. Really? Yeah, I didn't. I I think when I seen it and then I read about it, I was like, oh, my God. I was like, how <laughs> like, did nuh-uh. I even miss that? It's yeah. crazy. As Lorraine tries to run back into the house, lightning strikes the tree in the front yard, causing it to break, revealing the point that Ed was impaled with in her vision. She runs. <laughs> Inside, Ed blindly makes his way upstairs, and as he passes Billy's tent, the Crooked Man toy comes on. So the Crooked Man is like, I'm getting my fucking screen yeah. back. It's like, we're going to do a spinoff later, so I want to... <laughs> I have to establish myself. Mm-hmm. Ed looks at it closely, and the Crooked Man and the toy disappears. The real Crooked Man appears above the toy, smiling in Ed's face. He backs away, and we see the tent rise up as the Crooked Man stands inside of it. He slams into a wall and we see the ceiling crack all the way to another room where he pops out of a wardrobe. It's a great shot. It looks so yeah. fucking cool. Aside, oh, yeah. aside from the crack in the ceiling, all done practical. Man. Really? Yeah. That looks really good. Yes. That's And that's crazy. probably why. But. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ed closes the door just as the crooked man sticks out his umbrella, breaking the door and almost stabbing Ed. Outside, Lorraine slips through a crack Vic is taking fucking forever to break this is door down. Is he even trying? I don't think so, <laughs> Like, dude. is he trying? He's like, you don't need to be right, in here. Let's move on from this. You're not... <laughs> I, I'd be like, why don't you go chop that tree instead? Yeah, all right. <laughs> right, enough of this. Yeah. Go get the tree. The door's not working. <laughs> but he's made a little crack, and she is able to slip through. Vic calls after her, but he can't fit himself, so he just keeps chopping. Yeah. <laughs> Lorraine climbs up into the house, just like Ed did. 
Upstairs, Ed finds Janet in her old room staring out the window. When he calls out to her, the window explodes, cutting Janet's face as the glass flies past her. Great shot. It mm-hmm. looks really, really cool. Um, but she climbs up onto the ledge just over that sharp tree yeah. impalement situation. <laughs> She jumps. Ed barely catches her, holding on to her and holding on to the curtain to keep himself from falling. But the curtain starts pulling from the rod. Mm-hmm. What do you have to say, Jump Off? <laughs> Where can I get some of those curtains and that rod? I guarantee you, if I hung out this window and I pulled my curtains, I'd go. They're out. gone. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'd go. You 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 would have merged with that tree. Like. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> I could just tell by his face. He was like, "Well, mm-hmm. I mean, we all know." Yeah. <laughs> Lorraine runs into the room to see Valet coming out of the wall. She runs for Ed, but Valet growls and Lorraine is thrown to the other side of the room. Lorraine tells Valet she knows her name and she screams. She calls her by her name and Valet begins to break away. Lorraine condemns her soul to hell and she folds in on herself, disappearing. First of all, that was very easy. So, yes. I, I, I dare yes. I say anticlimactic. Yes. Too easy. Dare I say anticlimactic because she's like Valak. Oh, fuck. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. You caught me. I, I knew I shouldn't have told <laughs> her that. <laughs> One only... week. <laughs> yeah. And Oh, what a world. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing is that when Valak collapses, you see the demon form that was the original design mm. for right, Valak. Right. So he's like, I want to get my shit in too. <laughs> <laughs> We're not throwing this away. Mm-mm. The last rung on the curtain finally breaks and Lorraine comes to grab Ed just in time. And I got to say, she's strong as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just Ed, but no, yeah. well, Janet pow- as well. The power of Christ compels you, I guess. <laughs> I, don't <know. laughs> I don't know. Peggy and Vic, I guess now Vic is like, oh, I got to actually break this door yeah. down because they're in now. <laughs> yeah. Um, they rush in and Lorraine holds Ed as we see that Janet is Janet again. Mm-hmm. In the morning, they're all outside and the paramedics say that Ed and Janet are fine. Ed tells Lorraine that she saved them all just like he knew she would. I'm like, you don't get to fucking take credit. Like, no, you're a liar. (laughs) (laughs) Peggy and Janet come over and thank them, hugging them. And Ed takes the crucifix from around his neck and gives it to Janet. He tells her that when she grows up and finds someone who needs it, she needs to give it to them. Janet says she is so lucky. Lorraine told her that one person can change everything, but she got two. (laughs) Peggy's just standing there like, well, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's it's pretty cruel. I'm just your yeah. mom. Yeah, no big okay. deal. They're going back to America. <laughs> Guess uh, who you're stuck with. The music swells as Lorraine looks back at the house. Text tells us that the infield haunting would become one of the most documented cases in paranormal history. Peggy Hodgson would live there until the day she died in 2003 when she passed away sitting in the chair in the living room the same chair that Bill Wilkins died in. Terrifying. Yeah. And also true. Oh, really? Why yes. did she keep the chair? Why like, would she ever sit in it? Even yeah, if she did no keep it. Shit. We don't know how <laughs> comfortable that chair was. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'll go a long way for comfort. Uh, I kind yeah. of understand. <laughs> but we zoom in on the chair. At the Warren home, Ed takes the Crooked Man toy out of his bag and places it in their goodie room next to the music box from the first movie and in front of the goddamn case with Annabelle in it because they just had to shoehorn her in somewhere. So did he steal that toy? (laughs) Billy's like, where's my toy? (laughs) So I get that the Crooked Man came out of there, but 
Why did he take that toy? I don't think it originated from that, did it? it? Di- well, I mean... That's a... I don't know. It really didn't. <laughs> right? It originated it came, from Valak. Right. But he needed to add it to his spinoff showcase. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's like, look, we need a symbol from this film. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it all started when they were playing with the homemade board. He should have so taken the Ouija board. Yeah. Put the eraser on the... Yeah. Something. On the <laughs> Upstairs, Lorraine is playing Elvis's I Can't Help Falling in Love. And she and Ed dance around their living room. It freezes again yeah, <laughs> and they fades love it. to black. Over the credits, we hear the actual recording of the interview with the Hodgsons as we see actual pictures of their house, actual pictures of the Hodgsons, and actual pictures of the Warrens. Much like the first film. Right. Where they, I, I think the ending's very sweet. It is. I love this because version you love them. of the Warrens. Yeah. I do. Different, but I guess it works. Yeah. I mean, it's... <laughs> In a featurette, James Wan said that this film to him was really a love story wrapped in a horror film. And with that ending, you're like, yeah, it, yeah. Is. it yeah. really is. But I have to ask, hmm. what did you guys think of the conjuring Two? They're not the best, but I love these movies. Right. I, yeah. I hate, you know, the, even the bad. Say, ones. Yeah. To say it like that. But I do. I, I, I will watch these movies mm-hmm. and I'll, if anybody says it, I'll be like, Put it on. Yeah. I like them. You know what I mean? I really, really like them. And this movie, I feel like, was was good. Mm-hmm. I did like this movie. Yeah. Even for the little here and there things they could have fixed or the runtime, the things they, they could have cut out. Yeah. It's, I, I really still enjoyed it. I agree. I mean, I think it's a really good movie. I do think that the runtime does not need to be where yeah, it is. It no. did not. Um, I know I pointed out some script issues mm-hmm. um but you look at the scares that james wan crafts mm-hmm. it's just they're great he needs to stay in the horror genre oh, no, yeah. forever <laughs> because he's just so damn good yep. at it but i think if you depending on the day you ask me i think i do like the conjuring 2 better than the first one mm-hmm. i just feel like i don't know i really don't even i can't even point to something aside from that one scene as to explain why with the nun because that scene is yeah. just oh yeah. my god uh, odd that they chose the infield haunting considering the history with it. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it makes it for worked. a good choice. Yeah. It's a very nice change from the first one. Yeah. It's not even in the same country. Yeah. They didn't want to repeat themselves, which I respect. That's fair. No, yeah. I love this movie too. Like I said, that scene with the painting, Uh huh. that is top shelf shit. Oh no, yeah. And then also when uh, the whole water in the mouth scene, the way that you oh, see yeah. this yeah. figure- in the background, that is like what nightmares are made of. <laughs> no, like that's yeah. fucking scary. So like, yeah, there's like awkward dialogue. And now that we're picking it apart, there's a couple things that straight up don't yeah. make sense. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> the effectiveness of the scares and how and the crooked man, that shit being practical. Like, yeah. are you cr- like that's crazy? But I feel like that overshadows some of the like wonkiness of the script or even some like. But wait, how did, <laughs> why did she? Yeah, why yeah. does he know that? Yeah, you that know? doesn't. Yeah. So that brings us to ratings. Again, like we always say, I'm not going to go through the whole thing again. Right. But um, like we said, this movie did have a little bit of issues and I had a number in mind for it. I am going to give a little bit extra just for those two scenes that I just talked about because they are so genuinely frightening. And the Crooked Man is just Fantastic. great. The nun is scary as shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's hard to 
artsy stuff that is genuinely frightening now mm-hmm. because so much stuff has been done to death. Right. Mm-hmm. But there are scenes in this movie that are genuinely mm-hmm. like you're like, oh, oh shit. Oh no, yeah. <laughs> um. So for that reason, on a scale from one to ten, upside down crosses. <laughs> I'm going to give The Conjuring 2 8.5 upside down crosses. And I will now open up the floor. I just want to say I'm surprised you gave it that high. Yeah, me too. Uh, um, not to pair it, but I won't, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I'll keep it short and sweet. Um, there is so many horror movies, and this does have that, like, if I watch it again, those scenes will mm-hmm. still be yeah. effective. Yes. It doesn't matter how many times I watch it. You're going to sit there and be like, God damn, that's good. <laughs> and yeah, there's problems, whatever. But I feel like they, when James Wan does it, it's it's right. Man. Yeah. It's right. And you can forgive most of the shit that's there. And you're just like, who cares? <laughs> um, so... I'm really close to where you were at. Eight <laughs> upside down crosses out of 10. Not to say everything again. <laughs> but I mean, this movie's this movie's really good. Great performances, great music, mm-hmm. great set pieces, great set design. Yes. I think one thing that I forgot to mention is Madison Wolf, who plays Janet. She's not British. And she gives probably one of the most convincing you would never know that I've ever know heard. She's a kid. Yes, you would never know. So again, fantastic performances. Yeah, we can set aside how I feel about the real infield haunting. <laughs> That's not what we're <laughs> talking. That's not about. what we're talking about here. We're talking about this James Wan yeah. picture, <laughs> and I think it's great. You know, um, I feel like whenever you have James Wan at the helm, he is just a master at this. And that's why it really frightens me a little bit that The Conjuring 3, he is not directing. Oh, no. But That's a bummer. Yeah. yeah. But if you have him there, you know that you're going to have a good film. Mm-hmm. And that's no surprise with this one. So I, I got to say, on a scale of 1 to 10 upside down crosses, I'm going to agree with JP. And I'm going to give The Conjuring 2 8 upside down crosses out of 10. That's fair. I mean... We all loved it, obviously. I yeah. had to give extra for those. No. No, the visual, yeah, Because yeah. I was at an eight when we <laughs> sat down. But man, just thinking thinking about them again, it's like, oh, shit. I'm scared no, right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all from us at Podmortem. What would you rate The Conjuring to and what should we watch next? Let us know on Twitter at The Podmortem. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. Be sure to follow each of us on Twitter at Blood and Smoke, at RealStreeter84, and at TravisMWH. Please consider pledging to our Patreon and stay tuned until after the music for a special thank you to our Wendigo Getter patrons. And remember, don't call out into the void if you're not prepared for something to answer. Until next time. Thank you for staying tuned for our first Wendigo Getter patreon shout out Woo! Woo! Yeah. we want to give a very very sincere thank you to chris ontiveras Kristen lofton megan martinez kimberly bass melanie van Husden, sophie hodson anthony jerome m and gary fender we can't tell you guys how much we appreciate it yes thank you very very much you are the heartbeat of this show absolutely That's right. you are keeping this thing alive and we could not tell you 
with words, even though we speak on here a lot. I don't know what I'm saying. We thank you very much. We very much appreciate you pledging, and it means the world. We are honored to conjure up these shows for you. <laughs> very good. Until next time.